1: Coming up on today's show, PlayStation revealed their new subscriptions, Breath of the Wild 2 is officially delayed, and Isla Hank is here. What's good, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I am Andrea Renee, joined by Miss Brittany
2: Brambacher. When am I going to learn not to take the first sip of whiskey while you're doing the intro? I'm trying to keep a straight face. My mouth is on fire. My eyes are watering. I am salivating. But hello, hi, I am here.
1: Hello. So you're saying I'm going to have another gif-able moment Oh God. the show?
2: <laughs> yes. You will. You're welcome.
1: Wonderful. And joining us from Easy Allies, the new co-head is Link. Hi. It's so good to finally have you on the show. I reached out to you after I was talking behind your back with Brandon Jones. (laughs) All good things, mind you. Oh, I hope not. (laughs) Uh, Because if people aren't following easy allies brandon announced that he is officially retiring and that means that ila you've been promoted are you yeah. are you sweating it or you're like i was born for this job
0: it's uh, it's kind of a funny thing cuz we were pseudo egalitarian um Yeah, not agrarian, that's farming. Egalitarian. (laughs) But we all kind of had worked together at Game Trailers before, so we sort of just fell into our old roles, even though on paper we were even. Um, So Jones was the boss kind of de facto, and um, this was a good excuse for us to be like, let's actually solidify a structure so we can have someone who can be like, this is what we're doing, and we're doing it right now instead of, Let's wait two months for the quarterly meeting to decide what we want to do, you know. Um But yeah, I'm. It's it's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I can only imagine with the sheer amount of content that you and the team are kicking out all the time. I remember when you guys launched your Patreon, which, by the way, we'll have all of Isla's links in the show notes if you guys want to go and follow her and support Easy Allies, of course. Please do. Um, I was just. Britney and I are like, let's just start with one show a week and see how it goes. And meanwhile, dude, you, you guys are like, let's do twenty five shows a week.
0: You had the right idea. I we are jealous. We are jealous because actually, like when Blood and I were coming up with stuff, because we just had our anniversary event, which is when we do big changes, big announcements, stuff like that. And I was looking through, you know, you guys and Min Max and kind of funny and like other people's patreons and and i was always just like oh man like (laughs) we kind of bit off we we didn't bite off more than we could chew we can chew it but like we were trying to be what we used to be at game trailers right and that was a lot of stuff (laughs) and so so i'm jealous of people who just kind of were like let's do a podcast you guys can walk it back. No, we you know can't. It's, it's not it's too. too it's not too late. Well, now we're we're kind of doing a thing where it's like we're blood says follow the passion, right? So if we're not enjoying it, we'll kill it, which has kind of been how how we've been doing it for a while. But it's mm. been working. We're doing okay. And the the nice thing is there are a lot of us. I was going to so, say how
2: many are on the team now.
0: Um, if Jones is still here until May, but uh, eight right now okay. and we're jones is going to be leaving and we're going to be hiring a community manager and uh the kind of i don't know company ethos or whatever over here is that we all just get paid the same so they'll just be another eighth mm. so eight <laughs> eight long answer for a simple eight wow.
2: that's why it's fun to know how the things work behind the scenes yeah There's just yeah. little andrea and i two of us <laughs> Keeping our heads above water.
1: I mean, I love it. Do, doing doing the best that we can, and you know, we thank everybody who you know supports us along the way. Like this month's Patreon producers: Chewy's Godson Alex Rogopoulos, David Icalucci, Faris, Atia, Justin Foshi, Matthew Goudera, and Punkified. And welcome to our Patreon community, Price Collins. You can, of course, support What's Good Games at Patreon.com slash What's Good Games. But if you don't have a couple bucks to throw our way, you, of course, can support us with a couple minutes of your time by leaving What's Good Games a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. The rankings really help us and help new people find us. So if you guys have not yet left a review, maybe you want to take a couple minutes to do so. And big thank yous to everybody who has gone out of their way. As Brittany always says, it leaves us warm and fuzzies inside going and reading those lovely reviews you guys leave of the show so we do have quite a bit of big news to get to and of course we want to talk to Isla about everything she's got going on over at EZA and everything else so let's just go ahead and jump right into this giant PlayStation news or is it giant question
2: mark (laughs) it
1: begins (laughs) Mm, Brittany what did PlayStation write over at the PlayStation blog
2: well Jim Ryan wrote the following ladies we are pleased to share with you official news about changes to our subscription services. We've been know, we've been knowing this has been happening. We were just kind of anticipating last week, all of the insider folks were like, yo, this is totally happen, happening next week. And the plebs like us, who didn't know it was happening this week, were like, okay, we'll just listen to you. And lo and behold, they were correct. So yes, they have overhauled PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now. This goes in effect in June. And so here is what we have. Based here, Is PlayStation Plus essential? And here are your benefits. It's the same benefits that PlayStation Plus members are getting today. So that is your two monthly downloadable games, exclusive discounts, cloud storage for saved games, online multiplayer access. And there are no changes to existing PlayStation Plus members in this tier. And that will be for 9.99 monthly. Sorry, I'm only using the US American dollar for these comparisons because they gave like four different ones and we'd be here all day reading them. So 9.99 a month gets you that. Now if you're like, I want to beef it up a little bit, what's the next tier? Well, ladies and gentlemen, you can then subscribe to PlayStation Plus Extra. And this gets you all of the the benefits from the essential tier, the last one I read, and it adds a catalog of up to 400, asterisk, of the most enjoyable PS4 and PS5 games, including blockbuster hits from our PlayStation catalog and third-party partners. Games in the extra tier are downloadable for play, and this will run you $14.99 a month. But if you are a big baller shot caller and you're like, oh, no, I give me, I want to spend some money, more money than that. I was going to say waste money, but I don't want to make people mad. You can get the PlayStation Plus Premium which has two asterisks, two asterisks next to it. And this gets you all of the benefits from Essential and the Extra Tiers, and it adds up to 340 additional games, including PlayStation 3 games that are available via cloud streaming, a catalog of beloved classic games available in both streaming and download from the original PlayStation, PS2, and PSP generations. It offers cloud streaming access for original PlayStation, PlayStation 2, PSP, and PS4 games offered in the Extra Premium Tiers and mark. Oh, those are... Asterix, okay, don't And it also includes time-limited game trials. So if you want to play a demo, you got to make sure you're subscribed to this PlayStation Plus Premium tier. And that will run you $17.99 a month. And now that I've gone through all those, I do want to briefly go over the annual cost of all of these. Okay, so the PlayStation Plus Essential is $59.99 a year. The PlayStation Plus Extra is $99.99 a year. And the PlayStation Plus Premium is $119.99 a year. So, there you go. Your three tiers. Choose your path.
1: Choose- Isla, what was your immediate reaction when you saw this news go out?
0: Uh, well, it, it's funny because, like, I love how vague they are about it, where it's, like, a cl- it will include... Most enjoyable. Right, of oh, most enjoyable <laughs> PS4 and PS5 games of, like, according to who. And then, like, <laughs> they hope to include, you know, things. And it's just, like, the the thing that really... Stuck out to me at first was like okay I don't need this cuz I I already don't subscribe to PlayStation now and so that's fine. But then I was like but if it works like Game Pass where I'm going to get first party stuff right off the bat, maybe it's worth it. But then Jim Ryan clarified <laughs> uh which I think we'll talk about in a second, but like yeah, I don't I don't know. It's really good I think if you're into like, if you want to play PS3 games, PS2, PS1 games, you know? Like, if they put Final Fantasy Tactics on here, I'll reconsider. But, like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah.
1: I think that a lot of people are looking at this news going, who is this for right. exactly? And the, my, the tweet that I had put out was that this feels more of a convenience than a value, whereas Game Pass clearly feels like a value. Incredible value. And a convenience, right? And Mm -hmm. so I think PlayStation is clearly coming at this with saying, hey, listen, (laughs) we've got these two subscriptions and it's awkward for us. It's awkward for you. We just want to combine them together, but we don't really want to give you anything that much extra. So we're just going to kind of figure out a way to make PlayStation now shoehorn into playstation plus but we have really no desire to make a competitor to game pass mm-hmm. and that i think is what jim ryan you know expanded on i mean he obviously didn't say that i don't want to put words into his mouth but of he course, almost but did essentially say <laughs> <laughs> um Essentially, what he did say, according to the gamesindustry.biz article was, we feel like we are in a good, virtuous cycle with the studios, where the investment delivers success, which enables yet more investment, which delivers yet more success. We like that cycle, <laughs> and we
2: think our gamers like that cycle. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I love Jim it. Jim Ryan, I'm sh- sure a fantastic Cuban. <laughs> but the stuff that comes out of his mouth sometimes, I think about when there was that whole crossplay fiasco going on in Remember, oh he was like, but yeah. the children, we can't protect our PlayStation <laughs> children from the evil folks at Xbox. And I was like, OK, come on. Like, that's such a bullshit excuse. But anyway, I digress. Yeah. yeah. I love
1: that I mean, corporate I do
0: for- speak, It's like, oh, I live for it. These press releases and, and interviews, I'm always just like, oh, say nothing. Say nothing more. <laughs> so bad at it. Yes. Yeah,
1: no. Like, Brett, that's such a good point. Like, of, I feel like of all the PlayStation executives that have been wildly taken out of context or, like, spoken out of turn, Jim Ryan is at the top of the list um, over the years. And he goes on to say, the way the world is changing so very quickly at the moment, nothing is forever. Who would have said even four years ago that you would see AAA PlayStation IP being published on PC? So I don't want to cast anything in stone at this stage. All I'm talking to today is the approach we're taking in the short term. And so I think that what he's saying is like, this is the solution we came up with right now, and we may change our minds about it later, but... I don't think that as long as he's in charge that they're going to change their minds about putting day and date first party in. And a lot of people flocked to my thread online to quickly tell me as if I didn't know (gasps) that PlayStation first party
0: games sell very well.
1: And I was like, it's true. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Thanks bro for letting me know.
0: (laughs) But that's, that's kind of the weird thing about this, right? Is like they're, they're going to bill you twice. Kind of like, you're yeah. going to buy Returnal when it comes out, and then nine months later, it'll be on the premium or whatever, maybe, maybe, if it's if it's a, uh, what was it, high quality, uh, whatever they- Most s- enjoyable. Most, so, yeah. If Returnal yeah, so- is most enjoyable, you'll get it later, but yeah.
2: So speaking on Returnal, yeah, I should clarify too. At launch for extra and premium tiers, titles such as Death Stranding, God of War, Marvel Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Mortal Kombat 11, and Returnal will be included. Right. So there you are but you're right like i see yeah it's you know it feels like like you said andrew more of a convenience than more more of a convenience than a direct response to game pass i think regardless if game pass existed or not this was going to happen they needed to consolidate these two services were just kind of weird and for your average joe schmo i think they would probably get confused what is a playstation now in fact i think of my grandma bless her heart who's 82 years old she loves video games and I always have to try to explain to her what all these different subscription services are for her benefit. I know which one she's going to want, which is going to be the PlayStation plus premium because she lives for all of those old classic games. And normally I would say that's what I would play as well. But the problem is like, we don't know that's why I was subscribed to as well, but we don't know what games are being added yet. So like you're saying, I like what, who, who chooses like what the best games are from the past generations and so it's it's hard for me to even like say I want to subscribe to anything beyond essential at this point.
1: Yeah. No. So Whiskey Jack wrote in with a question that says, with this week's PS Plus announcement, we've learned that we will be able to not only stream, but also download PS1, PS2, and PSP games on our PS5. This is great news, but I highly doubt I will ever pay the price for that premium tier. What would I really like? What I would really like, however, is the possibility to buy the games I want to play, Tactics Og- mm-hmm. Tactics Ogre, is that the Tactics name of the game? Ogre is and, one um, of one, yeah. and then FFTZ, Final Fantasy Tactics: War of the Lions. Yeah. Um, what's stopping the Sony from making them available for purchase? The model they propose looks a lot more like Nintendo Online Expansion Pack yeah. than Game Pass mm-hmm. to me. And I think the first thing that comes to mind, whiskey, is there's got to be publishing agreement restrictions that date back quite a ways. And also, don't forget. Sony kind of screwed themselves with the way that they designed their hardware architecture, so they can't easily make games backwards compatible the way Xbox can. It it actually takes quite a bit of technical work to get some of those games backwards compatible, which is why I'm sure they're locking it behind a premium tier to kind of offset the difficulty in bringing them, but I don't know. like I, I just feel like the market for people who want backwards compatibility to play ps1 and ps2 games on their ps5 is super small yeah because there's just so many new games coming out every week like why would you want to pay this premium tier to play maybe one or two games yeah. and it's, do you it's, think it's... This...
0: oh go ahead
2: no please do you're the guest
0: <laughs> well I was, I was trying to find i mean you said exactly what i was going to say It's like i don't know how big the market for Backwards compatibility and classic titles. I don't know how big that market is because that to me is the only value here. And of course they put their bangers in the most expensive tier, right? The PlayStation classics, the PS2. Like I loved the days of the PlayStation classics on the PS3 market where yeah, you could just buy the ones you wanted and then have it. Yes. And I was, I was trying to find the exact language in here because somewhere in here they said, and they tried to spin it like it's a good thing, uh, but they said like, the catalog will be refreshed or like an ever refreshing yeah. catalog, which which sounds cool at first until you're like, oh, that means stuff's going to go away and other stuff's going to come mm-hmm. in. And it's like, okay, what happens to a title you downloaded through your premium subscription but that gets rotated you can't out? You can
1: download them. It's streaming only for those older games. Okay, which yeah, is like the which is like the big rub. I think a lot of people mentioned when they first saw this news, they're like, it's not. It, it's also not comparable to Game Pass in that way that right,
0: these access. older
1: games. You have to stream. You can't download them. So it's like, well, once they're gone from the subscription, you can't play. Okay, them. so, so bullet
0: above that, PS4 says and five that- are downloadable, but everything else is streamable.
2: Well, it says a catalog of beloved classic games available in both streaming and download from the original PlayStation, PlayStation 2, and PSP Generations. So it sounds like you don't know.
0: And then I cloud streaming it. for other ones. Yeah, right? So it's just like...
2: It's a, to- it's a
0: toss-up. A- yeah. <laughs> and then like yeah. if one gets rotated out that you were able to download, do you- can you still play it? Or does it get deactivated? Uh, Obviously, I the streaming the- ones would just go away, but like...
2: Ugh. Yeah, that's such a huge frustration, and... I've talked about this on the show. One of my favorite things to do, Isla, is walk on the treadmill and play classic video games. It's just like a fun way for me to pass the time and revisit some of my old favorites or play games like I never that I never had before. Like, I played Final Fantasy VII for the first time on my treadmill maybe like five years ago, and it was lovely. And uh, I lost a few pounds doing it too. Um, and so what's been frustrating for me, though, is when I do have the itch to play some of those old PlayStation classics or PlayStation 2 classics, because some of my favorite games are on are from those generations – I have to, like, go online. if it, Okay, like, which – where's Twisted Metal 2? Like, on which PlayStation can I play Twisted Metal 2? Right. Is it PlayStation – Is yeah, right? Is it PlayStation 3? Can I download it from there? It's not on PlayStation 4. Do I get it on PlayStation – so it's, like, this whole confusing thing. And and I know Sony's not the only person <laughs> Nintendo <laughs> company, rather, <laughs> that's really bad at this, but I just wish it was like Whiskey Jack said, where you can just purchase these games outright and now with the technology we have, they just travel with you throughout the generations. But instead it's this super like convoluted thing of I bought a game on PlayStation Three back in the day and now I don't know which consoles I can play it on, which consoles support it. And so I don't know. Like, so for me, as, like, as someone who does like playing those retro games, I wish this would have been included in the Essential or even the PlayStation Plus Extra tier. Because I feel like that's where you kind of start really feeling like it could be a value add. You do have access to these games. But to put them in the most expensive tier, on top of putting your what they're calling time-limited game trials, a.k.a. demos, in the most expensive tier, I don't know. I, sh- I don't like it.
1: Putting the demos in the most expensive tier sounds such a a weird decision to me. Like, put the demos in the cheap tier. Well, it's weird because... Get more people to sign up for PlayStation Plus. Like, why not? It's
0: classic PlayStation wording, right? Because it's like, are those demos in the traditional sense or is it like their answer to Steam's two-hour refund policy, right? Like, can I Mm. get a first-party day-and-date game, play it for two hours, and then decide to buy it or not? Like, if that's what that is that's maybe good if it's just you get the demos that you used to get for free that's horrible so it's just like be more clear please (sighs) i I, the one thing with the streaming and the and the because their marketplace hasn't been great like organizationally i think it would be really fun (laughs) if premium for example was like had like a curated section maybe like one one section for example could be like hard to find gems like like Kuan or like these really old like FromSoft games that cost like $300 or Suikoden Two or whatever where it's hard to get your hands on it and it's on here, you know, that would be a value added because obviously they're hard to get, but, you know, it would Mm -hmm. be curated in an interesting way because that's – the value would be discovery, because otherwise I was thinking about the value here, and it's like, okay, unless you're really patient on the first party stuff that comes in later, which costs $70, what, if you play Final Fantasy Tactics, Suikoden, and Symphony of the Night, right, you paid 120 bucks a year for three retro games. It's like, how many games do you have to play for this to be worth the money? A lot, I feel like.
2: Yeah. Yeah, unless you buy the original hard copies of those games and then, you know.
1: (laughs) Or you already own them, which, which let's be honest, if you're a Sony Tony like a lot of people (laughs) are, you probably already have them, right? So, like, that's what some people also said when they were responding to my tweet. they saying, like, hey, I already own the games that they're proposing. So, this really is only probably appealing to people who weren't in the Sony ecosystem back in the PS1 and PS2 era. But it's like, that... I feel like that market is small. Again, like that the amount of people who weren't right. that would want to go back and pay yeah. for a subscription service like this is like a very small group. Yeah, it's like I just want Breath of Fire Actually, 3. I, went, I went Xbox only in the original generation. It's like, wait, who did right. that?
0: Like, who's fiending for PS2 content that's not looking back nostalgically on PS2 content? Like, I'm sure that that's a market right. share, right. but not huge.
2: Yeah. I just exactly. want Breath of Fire 3. Please. Mm put breath of fire 3 on this i will pay your premium stupid 120 dollars a year if you just give me it sony
1: okay well you've heard it here sony i will she's throwing down the gauntlet throwing legend of you wire at it thank you <laughs> okay so now she's getting greedy <laughs> do you have an, a, any other demands you would like to throw on top of this
2: uh legend of mana that would be mm-hmm. fun uh throwing breath of fire 4 because I, I that's a good one i need to spend more time with that one uh yeah i mean, th- listen. I could be, I could go on. <laughs> so, the, obviously, Resident Evil will be on there, so we we, we, won't, we don't have to worry about that one. That'll be there.
0: Yeah. Just, but I mean, that's who's gonna buy in on this without first seeing the catalog? Like, well, that's it. it I'm not gonna plus. think about this at all until I look at the games and be like, okay, I, mean, I want to play those it. five, so I'll try uh, it.
2: And it's like that thing of Nintendo. I keep going back to Nintendo and their online catalog. Like, what are you what are you guys thinking half of the time? Like, the games that you're offering. And that's kind of the thing is, like, obviously their price entry is way more accessible, way cheaper. But, like, you wonder, like, why, where are they going? Like, why are they adding the games that they're adding? They just added EarthBound for the love of God. And so it's like, okay, what games are you going to add to this premium tier? And are they even going to be worth it? Are you in tune with your audience, Sony? Do you know what we want? Hit me up for consulting. <laughs> I'll tell you. Yeah, the... Hit her up for consulting.
0: The Nintendo one is so funny because it's like, okay, so we didn't charge enough up front, and now we wanted to add N64, but it was too much of a pain in the butt to do for 20 bucks a year. So we're going to invent this new thing, and we'll throw on DLC for a bunch of games, theoretically, going forward. And it's like, it's such a Nintendo way to do it. I, I heard oh, Nintendo yeah. recently described as a monkey's paw, because they'll give you what you want, but not the way you want it. And I think that's so right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep, that's right. And they're definitely taking a leaflet out of their little flyer for this one with the putting the old stuff in the top tier. It's like, yeah.
1: Well, speaking of Nintendo, I'm glad that y'all have been bringing it up. Let's just go ahead and transition into the next story, because this is. Uh, Not unexpected, but I think still a little bit of a bummer news for fans who were hoping this game was coming. So The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 has been officially delayed until spring 2023. Uh, The write-up comes from IGN, but apparently we get a tiny piece of footage in return. And Brittany, you told me that you were going to geek out about this. So do you want to read this story while I get the footage ready?
2: Absolutely. I'll just read it and cry while we do it. All right. So the sequel to Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild has been delayed to spring (laughs) 2023. Like Andrea said, tiny piece of footage, which she's pulling up on YouTube.com slash What's Good Games. Please subscribe. Please and thanks. All right. Series producer El announced and apologized for the delay in a video saying, quote, in order to make this game's experience something special, the entire development team is continuing to work diligently on this game. So please wait a little longer. No reason was given for the delay. He described a little about the game amid the announcement, saying, "...as previously announced, the adventure in the sequel will take place not just on the ground as in the previous game, but also in the skies above. However, the expanded world goes beyond that, and there will even be a wider variety of features you can enjoy, including new encounters and new gameplay elements." Most of that was backed by footage we'd seen before, but one extra bit of footage has been added, showing a closer look at the new tattooed Link. Who's that? We've previously glimpsed and what seems to be a corrupted or broken version of the Master Sword. Yeah, okay. the sword uh, look crazy. Are you a big Zelda fan?
0: Uh, I, I played Twilight Princess and then I devoured uh Breath of the Wild. So. Yay! I'm on board now. Yeah. I love Breath. I I was not a Nintendo kid. I was a PlayStation kid. So. Okay. I yeah, I never had a 64 or a GameCube. I got in on the Wii. Wait, never? I borrowed a friend's what? GameCube to play Resident Evil 4. <laughs>
2: <laughs> nice. Yeah. There you go. So, what there are so – my brain mel- – I melted my brain, ladies, trying to l- read every single fan theory that was out there, and I got way too overwhelmed. I started, like, breathing really, like, quick and heavy, and I'm like, I got to get out of here, and I went outside and got some I touched some grass, the cool, as the cool kids call it, because <laughs> there is so much here. And so, I I guess, like, for you, what, what do you what's your takeaway from this new footage? Like, what does the corrupted master sword mean? What's up with Link's arm? Is it even his arm? Like, what are your theories?
0: Yeah, it seems like his – his arm has been corrupted as well. I assume that he, because in the early footage that we saw, we saw like Skeleton Ganon or Ganondorf or yeah, whoever yeah. that is. And I'm wondering if he like tries to fight him at first and it's just isn't enough. Master Sword isn't enough. And it like corrupts his arm and breaks the sword. And then like that's the first half of the journey is like getting his power back or something like that. Still hope, mm-hmm. still holding out hope you get to play as Zelda for parts of this, but... I know. <laughs> who knows? Me too.
2: <laughs> Me too. Yeah, it's... I have so many wackadoodle theories written down. It's so... Oh, God, I don't even know where to begin. Yeah, so when you look at Link's arm, like right here, for example, you can see all of these, like, black, grayish markings, like, starting out all over his arm, which is obviously where the bangle is adhered to. And I, if you look in the very first trailer from 2019 like you said there's like this white almost like it's it looks scary but it's white and so it's glowing it's almost like an angelic like something pure is trying to keep ganon down but all this like malice is like oozing from his body so it's clearly failing and that's i think that's why zelda and link are exploring right they're like yo what 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 the fuck's going on we thought we saved the world why is shit hitting the fan oh it's because ganon's like resurrecting and oozing his gross ganon jizz everywhere i don't know (laughs) And so you have, like, this arm on him that's, like, trying to, like, hold him down. And if you look at the arm, you can see, like, the bangle or whatever um, is on that arm. And eventually that's the thing that gets attached to Link. And and so you have these markings, right? And then you have the bangle. My kind of theory is that his arm is corrupted and also being protected by – this is one of my theories sorry i have like 18 um it's also corrupted <laughs> and hope you have enough time to go through them oh, oh no no girl we'll be here all night we can't do that um anyway because if you look at how it's like going down his chest and his waist i'm like okay so the corruption is spreading but the yeah. only thing that's keeping him from not like killing over is the bangle that's on his arm because that was the thing that was holding ganon down so i'm just assuming it was good and pure also if you look at the sword It's all, like, fucked up from the tip down. That's what she said. But then from, like, the hilt up where Link's arm – where Link holds it, it's starting to, like, heal itself and repair itself, right? So I'm wondering, like you were saying, Ayla, like, part of the journey, and I'm assuming a big part of that journey, will be – cleansing yourself and cleansing the master sword yeah. and then from there you can get real deep and real like nitty-gritty in the weeds and talk about okay is this fee from skyward sword is this or Phi? whatever is, is she back in the sword there's some hints from breath of the wild that kind of like lead you to believe that she is and so is she a part of this game and then there are some other theories that if you look at link's arm when he's grabbing the sword out of uh his the beck the sheath if you will um you can see that it's all like pointy fingernails and there's some rings on the hand and if you look at that very first trailer from 2019 which is still ganon's hand at that point it's all like dark and has long fingernails and there's rings on it so no. you look at that right and you're like okay wait so is this ganon's arm like yeah so we're watching right now on youtube.com he's like and half ganon is he yeah like is he ganon like who could say is this ganon's arm and the bangle is the only thing like keeping them at bay like i don't know there's just so many things i though i'm i'm pretty convinced pretty convinced that there is going to be some sort of time travel in this game that's something that zelda games have always not always but they've done a lot of if it's not time travel it's like universe travel alternate universes and shit um because if you look like at link see there's the hand i was talking about there's the bangle yeah um and the, you're going to see the hand right there. It was like all twitching Yeah, gross. grab him um, too,
0: yeah.
2: Yeah, because if you if you watch the footage, it shows Link falling like from who knows where. But he's wearing garb that's not typical of the Hyrule in this Breath of the Wild. So you're like, okay, that's weird. And his hair's down. And so I'm wondering, because this is where we get started. Really weird. I'm almost done, I promise. You look at the Zonai tribe, which is this prehistoric clan that has essentially been vanished since the time Breath of the Wild comes out so Zonai Z O N A I, and it's this like barbaric tribe of whatnot. And so I'm wondering because if you look at some of the tie-ins in Breath of the Wild, they're they're mentioned. They're in charge, not in charge. They created all the labyrinths, for example, in Breath of the Wild. And, and I feel like to throw that little tidbit of knowledge in there for no reason. That piece of lore, and we don't get a lot of lore in Zelda games. To throw that kind of lore in there in Breath of the Wild and just kind of like leave it be just doesn't it doesn't sit well with me. So I'm wondering if this bangle is from that Zonai tribe and that is what is keeping Ganon like, you know, in his fucking place underneath the castle. And maybe when there's some sort of time travel where he goes back in that time because this game came out in 2017. You can't tell me. And if they were reusing every single asset in that game, it does not take, what year are we in, 2022? Five, six years by the time it comes out to like recreate all new assets. So
1: Who is is accusing them of reusing all all the same assets? Well, that was kind
2: of like the fan (laughs) theory, right? It's like they're just going to probably reuse the Hyrule field that had been created for Breath of the Wild and Breath of the Wild 2, which is why when this game was originally supposed to come out, was it 2021? It was supposed to come out originally? I feel like, or maybe... Right. That sounds right. That's a pretty short turnaround time, especially for a Zelda game. It's like, well, of course it's not going to take as long because they can just kind of use the same map they have. Now we do know they're adding some like islands in the sky and shit, my other theory and this is me getting way too excited and i'm gonna be let down so hard and i fully acknowledge that I- we're like deep in the oh, weeds you, you right opened now. the floodgates <laughs> um it's my fault is that they are creating again they're they're rehashing the hyrule assets from breath of the wild for an alternate world maybe like prehistoric time where this one this tribe existed and that's like, that's just my hopes and dreams. I love that shit. I love how in Ocarina of Time, you had like the future and then you had the present and linked to the Past. You had the light world, you had the dark world, the Majora's Mask. You had like the time travel element. Oh my God.
0: Well, and the power Ugh. in this that looks like stasis, but then it rewinds the metal ball that like goes back up the hill. So like there's yes. a time power all- yeah. shown in the trailer. Also, you made me think like, like collecting heart pieces and stamina pieces, like, Getting pieces or parts or cleansing the master sword would be another thing you're like searching for. That'd be fun. Yeah.
2: Oh. I Man, I hope we go so back
0: bad. in time. That'd be awesome. I want to see. Yeah, you maybe built if those we go back in
2: time, and maybe that's things. where like there's dungeons and like heart pieces to collect right. and some of the old school shit that I personally just really missed from Breath of the Wild. So.
0: Well, they're they got they're going underground, so I feel like they have to be dungeons, like traditional dungeons oh, in this one. Yeah. Like.
2: God, I hope so.
0: And then you—they were
2: listening
1: to their audience at all. I think that was like the yeah. big thing. Like hardcore yeah. fans of oh. of the franchise, all kind of universal, universally, were like, "Hey, this game is great. You did a lot of really cool, innovative, new stuff." But yo, we really love Zelda because of the dungeons. Where are they? Also,
2: if y'all played Age of Calamity, you would have a better idea of the time travel potential. That's all I'm gonna say. <gasps>
1: but that I was played like an I hour mean, of okay, it. Here's the thing. I,
2: I'm really glad that you really loved
1: Age of Calamity. I think that's a big ask considering just how different the style of gameplay is. Oh, absolutely. For that game, like there's, I think, legions of Zelda fans who probably didn't even know that game came out.
2: Well, if you are one of those Zelda fans, absolutely play it. If not, just go watch a YouTube story video. That includes you, Isla, Because there's some shit in there that you're like, oh, fuck, this kind of changes everything. And it's it's a big deal, and so it's kind of odd that they decided to like put that in Age of Calamity. But hey, like you said, Nintendo's going to do cartwheels in their own universe, and that's exactly what they did. Oh, I'm excited.
1: Woo! Th- this was a lot more than I anticipated <laughs> from this delay announcement.
3: But oh, I'm
1: this is I'm happy that you're happy. There was a question from Nova. That said, hey there, Brit Andrea, I'm workshopping <laughs> over here. With Breath of the Wild 2 pushed into next year, do you think this means we might finally get ports of their older games we haven't gotten yet, like Twilight Princess and Wind Waker to hold fans over? Thanks for everything. Well, thank you, Nova, for writing in.
2: Yeah. I mean, Nintendo does like to re-release their shit. Because they know we're going to pay and for it. We charge you. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Full price. Like, have you bought this game five times already? You want to buy it again? <laughs>
2: yes, sir. And the answer yes, is master. always yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you, please. May I have another? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but realistically,
1: do you think that ports are in the forefront of their minds right now? Or do you think that they're focused on new games and other projects.
2: I mean, I think Nintendo knows based off of that nice fat bank account they have that if they put ports out, we're going to buy it. So I think it would be silly to not have teams working on that, right? Despite what they're working on right now. So yeah, like, I, I don't know why they wouldn't. It's not like they're putting GameCube games on um, their little online service yet. So I guess the only way of getting And we it- haven't
1: gotten the mini classic edition GameCube or N64 that I think we all were hoping for. I was personally
0: hoping for the mini Me N64. Me too. And,
1: and then it just never
0: happened. Nope. I did never see a happened. recent rumor about a mini GameCube, but... Really? That, those are never true. I don't know.
2: Oh, I know. I see. This is the uh, we're like,
0: where did yeah, you see just, it? You not know, I, I, don't, I don't remember, but <laughs> the nice thing with <sighs> Nintendo ports is that I feel like they could crop up at any time, because they... I wouldn't ever accuse them of being maximum effort. Um... Oh. <laughs> so you know, it's not like they're pulling a Capcom and like remaking the game in RE Engine or something. They're just like, it runs on this now, and the fog is broken. Go. <laughs> oh know? man, wasn't that a big bummer? That
2: was a yeah. big bummer. They fixed it finally, but yeah. I still don't think they fixed button mapping. And I'm like, what are like you doing? I'm surprised
0: they fixed it honestly, because like me too. They don't. They don't need they don't. to. Like we'll buy it anyway. <laughs> We're a bunch of morons. Absolutely.
2: We are. <laughs> Absolutely, we are. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, I wouldn't... Well, no, you're, you're yeah. right. We just it's are. Okay. We're, just, we're just morons. Yeah. Um, all right. Enough, enough Zelda. We do have a couple more news items to get to. Um, One Piece Odyssey is a new RPG being developed by the Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl team. Oh. So I wanted to just bring this up because I know that we have a lot of uh, manga fans that are in the What's Good audience, even though we have not personally talked a lot about one piece and in a Brit, like one piece is not normally your thing. Um, but I would wanted to get both of your takes on what you think about the Pokemon team kind of being brought in to help develop because the previous one piece games have been like, uh, fine, right. But I don't think, I think we can universally agree that none of them have been like game of the year contenders.
2: Yeah. I think that's the hard part because when you have an anime that you love so much, and again, like this is, this is how I get overhyped for everything. Um, Fairy tale is one of my all time favorite animes. I just think it's really like cute, fun and upbeat. And there's so much potential there for a fantastic video game. And even what that the way that was described was like an all new like experience, and all these characters that you love are going to be in there, and it's going to be so much fun. And then I played it, and I was just incredibly disappointed by it. So, I think it's just really hard for me to get really excited about these sorts of things. Even Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, while it was like the Dragon Ball Z game, I thought it was going to be the Dragon Ball Z game that I'd always wanted. It just didn't really like. It didn't do it for me either. So, that said though, what this game what this game does have going for it is I am not, like, a One Piece person. So maybe I'll play this, and I'll just be so thrilled with because ignorance is bliss in this occasion, and maybe I'll love it. But, I mean, it looks way better than Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining
0: Pearl. It does. This <laughs> I mean, is the first time oh. I've seen this.
2: Shots fired!
1: This
3: you know cool.
0: how I feel
2: about that game.
0: <laughs> the, the power of anime, never underestimate the power of anime. Like, anime games sell well. Uh yes. I, I've seen one episode of One Piece, and I drove by a billboard the other day that said 1,000th episode. That's my One oh. Piece experience. Okay. Okay. Um, so not a lot, but um, yeah, I mean, it's going to sell. Wow. That so.
2: was a, those are some big boobs. Um. Yeah. Yeah. No, this like looking at this as someone who's not a One Piece fan, like I think this looks actually, I like the style of it. I think it looks right up my right up my alley. Um, it looks like, you know, a JRPG that you would just kind of stumble mm-hmm. across in, in the old days, you know, when you'd be like browsing your EP games and you'd be like, oh, that box art looks fun. And then you'd play it and it turns out it'd be like the next big hit, like Dragon Quest Eight was, for me anyway. Um, that's kind of the feeling I'm getting from this. And that said, though, I don't know if it's going to be good or anything, but I'll definitely keep my eye on it.
0: It looked as though they were jam. fighting a giant pair of sexy legs
2: for a second in that trailer. Yeah, after playing Persona, yeah. I'm not surprised by anything. No. Sounds no. sounds like anime to me. <laughs>
0: you either kill <laughs> what... God, become God, or fight sexy legs.
1: That's anime. <laughs> it's the formula. Yeah. Everybody knows and If you this, get all three, so then, you're, then you're
0: from Persona. It. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, Shin Megami, actually, probably. Uh... I mean, you did fight it. Uh, we didn't
1: even talk about Persona leaving, Um, what is that, Um, PlayStation Plus? No, it now. was leaving something. PlayStation Now? Is that oh, what it was? I saw, yeah, I saw Persona 5 in the news, and people were like, no,
2: Persona. Persona 5 is leaving the PlayStation 5, PlayStation Plus collection. Claim oh. it now. Mm. Mm. That's too there bad. Such That's a, a bummer. Yeah. Get it while you can, I guess.
1: Get it while you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, So, Brittany, yeah. two weeks ago, we said we were going to watch and then talk about The Halo TV series. So we're not going to go in depth because it just launched. And of course, we don't want to talk about spoilers or anything. But there was news that first off, it launched. Hooray. If you've been waiting for it, it's out. You can watch it now on Paramount Plus. And Deadline has apparently reported that it has set a new record as the service's most watched series premiere globally in its first 24 hours. 12 whole people. Now, they did not. (laughs) Yeah, exactly well now they didn't get specific numbers which is always like "Mm -hmm." yeah but according to deadline if that is true it means that halo has exceeded the previous record set by yellowstone's prequel 1883 which drew 4.9 million viewers that's good numbers so Mm -hmm. very good numbers um Isla, are you into Halo slash have you watched this? Are you interested in watching this? I like
0: this? Halo. My first, I wasn't, I was a PlayStation kid, like I said, so I didn't have an Xbox until my Series X that I just got, which happens to be the Halo one. Wow. wow. Yeah, I love it. Game Pass, incredible value. Um, right? It's great. It's awesome. <laughs> I mean, there's more. I I play more on that until Elden Ring came out. I hadn't played my PS5 in a while, but like... um. Yeah, Halo's great. I watched Obviously I played Halo at like in college and in the dorms and with friends and everything. We would we would do all the multiplayer and stuff, but uh in preparation for Infinite, I watched like a 23 minute, I think IGN or something had like a story summary video mm-hmm. which was fascinating. And the story of Halo is incredible and spans like millions of years. <laughs> and um I love the way they name ships. So, yeah, I'd I'd be interested in seeing the show, although uh, I heard that the thing about his face, and I was a little (laughs) surprised, Mm because that's kind of the whole thing, is, like, you don't see his face. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, whatever. It's a TV show. I guess you got to do what you got to (laughs) do. But is it good? I hope it's good. I I don't know. I felt like the budget looked low from the trailers.
1: So before we talk about that, because... You're not wrong. (laughs) Um, The thing about them revealing Master Chief's face, I think I've seen some good takes and some bad takes. I think it's a good thing to compare it to some other characters who are masked that have been revealed. I think the one that kept coming up over and over in my feed and I'm sure other people felt the same way is the comparison directly against The Mandalorian, mm. um, the Disney Plus series, where you have this character who is part of his religious doctrine, is not allowed to remove his mask. But then there is this moment where he removes it, but there's buildup. He doesn't take the mask off in the first episode, is he hot? right? And it feels, um, I mean, yes, he is. Okay. Um, For The Mandalorian um,
0: or but the I think Master Chief?
1: Ma- is Master Chief hot? Or- he just came out of combat so he's all like sweaty and a little like i don't know
0: i'm gay as hell so Weird. i don't know
1: <laughs> like i i here's the thing depending if you're you're gay or not i think <laughs> the way that people are attracted to other people is so subjective yeah. right so i could think that someone's really hot and that and then brittany could think that person is not like Britney has a thing for trunks, and I'm like, nah, trunks just doesn't do it that's for me. My purple-haired
2: wonder, don't you diss <laughs> him, Andrea Renee?
1: I'm not dissing him at all. I'm just saying he
2: just doesn't, you
0: Very know. Very diplomatic, like,
2: Andrea. I mean, up. to be fair, like I want to bang most anything and everything that's in like Same. a JRPG or so. You know what I mean? Like, for, and Andrea is yeah. much more like she's much more. I don't not selfish is not the right word. Uh. Careful, much more protective over her good bits. Particular. Particular sure. Particular. Sure. Like, she's not out there like, let's bang every JRPG character ever that's over no. the age of 18, whereas that is me. Um,
1: no, like, in Mass Effect, I was with Liara through yeah. and through all three yeah. games. Like, she was my girl. Mm-hmm. She was, like, my, my one yeah. and only and like that was always the way it was gonna be. I didn't deviate to just experiment and see what it was like to try to bow yeah,
3: Miranda. Yeah, that, that was my me too. Uh,
0: same 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 <laughs> waifu. I, she treats you kinda weird in two though. I was kinda like, uh oh, come on, let's just get married and let the universe die. That's what I said. And she, she wasn't <laughs> she wasn't going for it. I was like, let's just you haul to Pluto and like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's
1: because, you know, she's a scientist and she also lives like hundreds of years more. So she's like, we've got responsibilities. Um, but I appreciate that Brittany, you know, likes to see her options.
0: <laughs> so you're Girl, more Demi.
1: I
2: and love you're- watching you try to walk this delicate tightrope. Just call it for what it is. I want to fuck everything. It's fine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I've got some real spring chicken energy going lately myself. So how's Cortana looking? That's what I want to know. I Haven't seen know. her yet,
1: um, so don't don't know how how Cortana
0: looks in the series. Because um, that costume, in regards is, to it leaves little to the imagination in the games.
1: It's true. Um, so whoever, if they decide to use like an actual like live action actress and not just CG her yeah. in, um, it'll be interesting how they portray her. But when it comes to like him taking off his helmet, it just felt so unearned. But I forgot that. And what I we were know that a about. lot. <laughs> yeah we we're talking about master chief taking his helmet off i know that a lot of the comments made by the showrunners have been taken out of context that they were, are being like quoted as saying we never looked at the video games this is a universe that we've created based off the lore of halo we didn't want it to be kind of like handcuffed by what the video games did and i think rightly a lot of fans of the franchise are like well then who the fuck are you making this franchise for if not So this is
2: this was going to be like the majority of my hands on segment is talking about Halo.
1: Okay, so we can save the We can save it um, to talk about it in the next segment. But I just wanted to call out that um, regardless of how you feel about it, it apparently has done well so far. Um, And they've already greenlit season two. So despite if you like it or not, um, there's going to be more of it. So hopefully you like it. I'm I'm kind of happy. <laughs> and i not that I'll probably die after season I'd two. I kind
0: of assumed that Paramount Plus was dying on the vine, but I'm kind of happy to hear that it's going well. Because my girlfriend and I were joking that, because they're doing that Godfather series. Um, and like, even in that, you know, because Godfather basically kind of saved Paramount. I don't know. We don't need to get into the film history. But like, it was kind of funny that a show about saving Paramount with Godfather was going to save Paramount Plus. <laughs> And I think, like, they had to have known the irony. It's cute. I don't know. I liked it.
1: I didn't, I hadn't heard that the Godfather series had been
0: doing really well. I don't well. know if it's out yet. I mean, so I think it's, it's about that, though. So who knows?
1: Oh, you know what I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of the prequel Sopranos series, oh. which is clearly not on Paramount Plus. It's obviously on HBO Max. Um, But, you know, to mob, mob stories, yeah. my wires have been, have been <laughs> crossed. But I, I just feel like all of these streaming services are just fighting to survive. And it's just about, like, who can get, like, the next big thing. While, meanwhile, like, Amazon's over in their own field being like, we have so much money, it doesn't matter <laughs> right. if all our shit fails. <laughs>
0: yeah, we'll just, we'll spend a bill it on doesn't. everything. it doesn't, like, and they've then, been like, making good whatever. stuff. Yeah. Yeah,
1: well, I think what like, the hard part is that you get a company like Amazon Studios that's clearly putting tons of budget into shows like The Expanse, which is, is a head-to-head competitor for a sci-fi show like Halo. And so you're going to look at the graphics and the CG and the effects and not only the acting and everything, writing all of it, head-to-head against it and go, is there a comparison to make here? Which we will talk about in the next segment, everybody. Stick with us. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. back everybody it's the second segment of the what's good games podcast where we talk about what we've been playing and any preview events that we have been to so i wanted to just continue the conversation while we were talking about halo and then we will move on to some video games that we have been playing like tiny tina and elden ring and some other things um so Brittany oh, yes. <laughs> has her
2: cup of whiskey which looks like it's it empty is now unfortunately. I, I, I that had, a like, Maker's a
0: Mark bit branded cup? Yes, it is.
2: With the red wax
1: and oh, everything. Good eyes. I like, I like so Maker's much. Mark. Wonderful. Look at Brittany. I bought a new bottle oh. in the hope that you're going to come and visit and we can drink I it didn't know we were supposed and to be I?
2: drinking. Oh, absolutely.
0: <laughs> I think I've got sake. Podcast. Podcast. You
1: are welcome to drink or not drink. Yeah. We are both <laughs> alcohol and non-alcoholic friendly here Absolute. at What's Good I think we have
0: sake in the Easy Allies fridge, but otherwise, yeah. yeah, I don't know.
1: If you want to grab something, you are more than welcome to, because I think Brittany has some things she would like to say about Let Halo. Go. Okay, <laughs> all right, Brittany, lay it on us.
2: What? What's your beef with Halo, girl? The TV. Series. I ain't got no beef. I liked it. <laughs> oh shit! <gasps> oh. No, okay. Shit! Okay. Okay. I I had to say that for dramatic effect. There's a big old asterisk next okay. to that. Um. Here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. Andrea knows this. I like bad TV. (laughs) I like bad movies. It's just like my thing. If they make me laugh and smile and chuckle, despite if the plot is all fucked up, despite if the budget looks like, oh, you know, maybe that's not so great. I'm going to have a good time with it. And so when it comes to like TV and film, it's nothing. I don't watch it. I just don't. Unless it's, you know, Andrew, Judge Judith Um, So to backtrack here, Andrea and John had both reached out to me before Jason and I watched Halo. And, you know, I, I got the impression that they weren't the biggest fans of it. And so I went into it with, you know, probably pretty low expectations. And so this is what I will say after watching the first minute the first episode, which is like 53, 54 minutes. Does this follow the plot of your typical Halo video game installment? No. Does the budget look like it's cutting edge and the elites and the covenant and everything else in it, do they look like, oh my God, that's amazing? No. (laughs) Are you going to think like, this is the greatest piece of television I've ever watched in my entire life? Absolutely not. But what I liked about Halo is I liked all of the fan service and that's, you know, maybe a small audience, not small, obviously, as we saw, like it, it performed record breaking numbers, whatever, whatever. But it was the little things that I really loved. I liked Master Chief's entrance. I liked the sounds of his shield rebooting that one time. I liked it when he detached the big old, what was it, turret gun thing. I mean, and I'm going to keep this spoiler free. But all of the little things in there that were so much like the video game, I was like, this is entertaining as hell. But as we were talking about in the last segment, the helmet being taken off, the character of Chief who he is, and the things he does, it does not feel like Master Chief. And so that's, like, the big distinction I want to make. I think if you go into this just thinking, like, hey, this is going to be some fun Halo stuff. It's going to be set in a weird alternate Halo universe. And Chief isn't necessarily Chief, and he does some weird Chiefy things that don't make a lot of sense. I think you'll have an okay time with it. I think if you're expecting, like, an incredible art of television, it's just not going to happen. But we were both very entertained, and we're like, ah, you know, it is what it is. So, like, that's my, like, overview of my time with Halo, Andrew Renee. That's fair.
1: I think I probably went into it a little bit more critical than you. As somebody who's very much enjoyed the Halo franchise, mm-hmm. but I'm not a self-proclaimed Halo fangirl by any means, um, I think that it's great, but... I think that what they've done with the series makes it really difficult for somebody like me who really enjoys the video games but isn't super deep into the lore to kind of get into. And I know that we're we're early, right? They've definitely got some work to do and we're going to see how these characters evolve. I think it's tough for me as somebody who watches a lot of TV and we we know that you don't watch a lot of TV. And that... And that's not something that I think is a dig. It's just it's just a reality that I spend a lot of time watching a lot of mm-hmm. highly cinematic television. Mm-hmm. It's just it's something that I enjoy to do. I think the trouble with what we've seen so far is that it just doesn't feel comparable to other things that are out there. Like like we mentioned in the in the last segment. You know, you get shows like The Expanse. I know people have also mentioned shows like The Mandalor- Mandalorian and some of the other sci-fi shows that are set in space and going, hey, these are kind of the standards for graphics. If you're coming with a massive IP like Halo and not bringing the budget, like, why are we even bothering? And it's not like The Expanse no, say- has a
0: massive budget either, you know? like, And it got canceled halfway through the books. I'm reading the books right now, but I love The Expanse. But yeah...
2: But there was, like, six yeah. seasons. canceled
0: that's, twice. That's pretty
2: good for TV. <laughs> yeah. No, it's definitely that thing of the first time you see CG in this, you're like, that is definitely CG. You know, it's very obvious. And I think the way the episode opens is, like, Ehh. so narratively, like, yeah, this isn't really doing it for me at all. It's not. But it's just the little, like little nudges in there they're like oh okay that's cool oh there's keys or like there's xyz and what kind of relationship does he have with who like this is really weird and so yeah like I think that's actually a really important distinction is Andrea like I would say can critique te- television and film in a way that I cannot because like I just don't consume a lot of that kind of content but um yeah yeah yeah, yeah. just I think it all comes down to it as everything just with expectations and if you're just looking for something cheesy and silly Like, I think you could enjoy it. It just depends on, like, what you're looking for.
0: You kind of sold me on it. I want to watch it. (laughs) now
2: Because of that. (laughs) Well,
1: to be clear, it's not bad, right? Like, if it was bad, I would outright say, like, don't waste your time. Or if you don't have a Paramount Plus subscription, like, this is not worth paying to watch. I don't have that, so. Um, Hmm. I think that there's a way that you can get a trial, right? A Paramount Plus trial. I'd have to look it up. Um, I thought Microsoft was offering like oh, that a, like, right. a, like a like a oh. deal for Game Pass subscribers. Well, then I should
0: yeah. look into that because I, I do for sure. have Game Pass, incredible value.
2: Okay, here we go. While the TV think- Halo TV series usually requires a paid Paramount Plus subscription, Xbox Game Pass subscribers can now watch the first few episodes for free.
3: Oh, Microsoft
2: has partnered oh. with Paramount to provide members a 30-day trial to the video streaming service. go
1: Well there you go. By partner, they mean they paid they paid Paramount. They're like, hey, um, (laughs) this is our IP. We're gonna just pay to like bring our subscriber base in.
2: Hey man, I'll try it.
1: Because Microsoft has fuck you money. Unlike
2: Sony, they don't have fuck you money like
1: Microsoft. I
2: aspire to have fuck you (laughs) money someday.
1: (gasps) Oh, don't we all? Don't we all? Um I'm glad, Brett, that you're enjoying it. I think I sometimes let my my thinker hat of like and i also love bad movies like i am a self-proclaimed fan of the fucking transformer movie series and a lot of people give me shit for that um but i don't know there i think i just was a little disappointed with how the story unfolded and he also left him his mask off for far too long agreed i 100 like agree. i kept saying I kept saying, "Put that shit back on." You're in an active combat zone. Like, if we're gonna like actually be a Spartan, like, put your fucking helmet back on.
0: He took it (laughs) off during combat.
1: Well, (laughs) well, it wasn't during combat. Okay, trying to keep it spoiler free. We don't have to get
0: into it. But that's not the Master Chief I know. He would never do that. Right. I mean, literally. No. no,
2: yeah and they're definitely like rushing character development in a way that's like okay like, uh. but again like and like andrea said you know as someone who's also a big fan of halo who has played the, each title multiple times you know you really get to know chief when you do that yeah and to see their take on him there are moments where i'm like okay yeah and there's other moments where i'm like who are you who are you supposed to be but i mean that's just it's just the way it is yeah yeah it was interesting because
1: John brought up a really interesting point when we were watching. He was like, I wish they would have Darth Vader'd him. And I was like, what do you mean? Oh. He was like, well, in, in the cinema, in the movies, Darth Vader has one voice when he has his helmet on. you mm-hmm. know, James um, Jones. Exactly. And he has the other voice, Christian uh, Haydnson, when his yeah. helmet is off. Or not Christian Haydnson, um the other legacy actor. Yeah, his name, I name I don't name, remember. Hayden, Hayden Christensen is going to be in the
0: Obi-Wan, though, but it'll be interesting to see what they do with the voice.
1: Yeah, so they gave him like a unified voice within the helmet and then without the helmet, you know, a different voice. And it's like they could have easily done that if they wanted to. But they chose no. not to, and it's like, oh, I feel like that would have been a really it smart been. choice because he's
0: so mm-hmm. iconic. It's like wild the way you phrased it, of thinking of it as a different universe feels right. Like that feels like the way to think of it.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. So
0: who knows?
1: Uh, i don't think they can do it now it's too late yeah (laughs) too late and i think
2: it's just gonna get wackier and wackier the more the series goes deeper into the season because some of the relationships that are being set up some of the dynamics it's just gonna turn into a whole like cuckoo banana birdie bunch type of situation so i I think it's gonna be a shit show but a good kind of shit show like the kind that you're like okay this is fun i like the shit show I'm
1: interested to see if they're going to be able to successfully explain the Halo lore to a television audience because it's convoluted. Very convoluted.
0: Like, the video I watched to catch me up, I was like 17 minutes in, and it had already gone through the entire history of a human race and started it over and then been like, now is the events of game one. And I was like, what?
3: (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs)
0: Okay. (laughs) Yep. 25 million years. It's
1: almost as convoluted as Elden Ring, which is...
0: Nice segue.
1: Another thing that everybody is talking about. So we are going to talk about Tiny Tina, but I made a segue because, Isla, I'm happy to hear that you've also been playing the game that I love to hate, which I talked about not only on our show last week and the last two weeks, but also on DLC. So what has been your Elden Ring experience and for everybody out there who doesn't follow your work, are you a Soulsborne fan, or is this your ex- first experience with I'm a huge
0: game? Soulsborne fan. I, um, I've i beaten all of them. Uh, well, I'm at the last boss in Elden Ring right now. I've been taking my time. Okay. I think I'm like 100 hours in, Ooh. and I have every trophy for the Platinum except for the get-the-endings ones, so I guess I'll have to do that. Um, But yeah, I love... From soft games, I, I historically, uh, I used to be more of a negative Nancy about it, but like Dark Souls literally like ruined games for me. Cause uh, I didn't understand the hype. I saw everyone playing it at game trailers and I was like, this game is ugly and looks weird. Like, why is everyone obsessed with this? And I picked it up for two seconds and I was like, oh, I, I'm in love with this. <laughs> and um, since then, you know, the rest is history. Like Bloodborne is one of my favorite games of all time. Elden Ring is up there. I um yeah, so it's the way I like my games. Uh but that said like I fully get it if it's not your thing, that's like I'm not someone who gets mad about that. I don't give a shit. I don't care what you like and don't like. Just live your life. Do what you want. I love it. Mm. Don't let people raze you for it. Everyone just mm. loves to be mad. But like mm. Elden Ring, I love it. It's fantastic. H.O.? but my opinion isn't correct <laughs> cuz there's no such thing as truth
1: yeah but you're allowed to say i think this thing is great and that's a valid yeah. opinion
0: yeah yeah i love it i i think that it's almost to a hilarious degree um it's from soft playing the hits like they're kind of literally just doing all the best parts it's the yeah, greatest it hits album is. and it's it's it works you know, for for if you like their catalog and like their songs, you know, you're going to love it when they play all their hits. If you don't, you won't. <laughs> and it's not overly complicated. And I definitely don't think everyone should like, like every game. So whatever.
2: <laughs> love it.
1: No, I think that that's an interesting idea that it's their greatest hits because I think this game has actually reached a lot of people who – haven't been units, from baby. fans. Um, I mean, people like me. Like I've talked about this about how I don't know why I'm still playing this game. while well, I'm still think- thinking about this game, as somebody who played Dark Souls three like just a tiny bit and then played more of Bloodborne and was like, this is just not for me. But I kept hearing everybody talk about it, and so I spent more time with it, and I've been. Enjoying the exploration, but I'm banging my head against the wall when it comes to some poor design choices on some what I think are fundamentally, um, like very basic, basic bitch shit, like the save button, right? Like, even I mentioned, even Sekiro had a save button, so it's not like From Software doesn't know that save buttons
0: exist. Well, it saves constantly, <laughs> so everything you do is saved always.
1: Well, it, sorry. Save button was not what I meant. Oh pause, pause button. button. Yeah.
3: Mm.
1: yeah, yeah. Pause button was is what I meant. Um, this idea that like you can't really walk away from the game unless you use this weird menu workaround. Like, oh I had to find the word that menu explanation is and then I can like pause the game. Um, I think you know, I don't need to to rehash that. I think what's really great about Elden Ring is they've reached a bigger audience to bring the fantastical designs that from software is so well known for to a broader audience. And clearly people are excited about it and it's really reaching people in a whole new way. And who knows, maybe by the time this podcast airs, there will be some weird announcement that Sony has bought from (laughs) software because that's one of the rumors that's been flying around this week. But I think that I appreciate people's perspectives about how great this game is, I just, some of it, I just don't get. I'm like, this just isn't for me and that's okay. It's funny, like,
0: the pause button thing is such a, it's a crystalline example of kind of the whole debate, right, because I, I feel like I wanna write a book called like, Zen and the Art of Dark Souls or something, because like, it's all about perspective, right? Like, once you give up the fear of death, you don't care about a pause button because you'll just die and it's like, whatever, you can just get back there. And like, like when you get to the point, like once I was in Elden Ring, I was in an area, a later game area. So I won't say where, but I lost 130, 120,000 souls and I didn't care. Like that's, that's when you've attained total, total universal consciousness, right? Like you're just like, you, you've, (laughs)
1: I don't think I'll ever not care, though. That's my
3: problem. Well, that's the thing
0: is, like, I mean, like, to, I mean, obviously, this is tongue-in-cheek, but, like, uh, you're not, like, I wonder if the lesson that you're, like, you're trying to teach it and not letting it teach you, maybe? I don't know. But also, like, it's fine to not like Hmm. them. That's the funny thing that everyone, like, my impulse, even me, right? And I'm all about, like, everyone has their own perspective. Everyone can do whatever the hell they want. I, my impulse is, impulse is still to like defend it and try to make you love it because I love it. I, I believe the way to do that is not with anger, but like you catch more flies with honey, right? But like, it's, it's a funny thing where right? like I've had friends who hated Dark Souls, hated Demon Souls, played, you know, one of them, Bloodborne, most commonly, and were like, oh, I get it now. Um, and, That seems to be a common experience. For some people, that just doesn't happen. And it's like, okay, that's just not the kind of game you want to play. Like, for me, games like Devil May Cry or Batman or whatever, where it's more like combo based combat, where it's less direct input kind of stuff, um, I get frustrated with that because it feels like I don't have as much control. And so, like, that's just not for me. And, like, no amount of playing it is going to make that be for me. You know, and if if it's not in the cards for me to like learn to love that. So Mm. I think it's totally fine to not like this style of game. Um yeah, that's totally fine.
2: God, I wanna like clip that and just play it for everybody in the entire world. (laughs) Such a voice of reason and logic. It's like, yeah, it's just refreshing to hear.
0: I've had a shitty life. (laughs) <laughs> oh. I've been fortunate in unfortunate ways, and it's taught me some things. Maybe I don't know. You're preaching but it's okay good word. to just like <laughs> move on with your yeah. life and let other people like
1: not like it or yeah. like a thing. Somebody can love something that you don't love, and it's okay. You can just like let them love yeah. it. Just like somebody might hate something that you're like, why do you hate this thing? It's okay to just like let them. It's hate it's it. interesting. Yeah. Well. That's a little bit more complicated. It's complicated. Now that I say that out <laughs> that loud. Gets,
0: but yeah, yeah. Speaking as but a gay like, trans woman. The loving woman, part is like, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: let somebody love something. Is what it it yeah. is what it is.
0: That gets complicated. But yes.
1: Well, that gets complicated too. Like, I mean, the general, just don't be a dick. Table flip. The general
0: rule of thumb is, yeah, just don't be a dick. Like, Let yeah. everyone do what they want to do, and that's fine, as long as it's not hurting anybody. Uh,
1: exactly. And I think most of the discourse around Elden Ring hasn't gotten too toxic. At least the stuff that's in my feed, but I also like heavily yeah. curate a lot of uh, a lot of what I see. But um I think overall I expand a little bit on what I've been doing and playing in Elden Ring in this week's DLC episode, which again, like shout out to Christian Spicer and Jeff Canada for having me on the show. Um I talked Britney's like face off about Elden <laughs> Ring last week and the week before. So <laughs> No need to rehash. I do want to talk about a new game that we said we were going to chat about this week that I'm very excited about playing. It's very different from Elden Ring called Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Brittany posted a photo on the social medias about how you and your husbando were co-oping this Uh, game. It was so
2: glorious. It was the first time that we had gotten out in I don't know how long but anyway yeah so one of our favorite things to do is we like to just get out of the house and we like to get a hotel room or an Airbnb somewhere in this case we went to a cute little town called Leavenworth that's maybe like three and a half hours away from here and uh just rented a room and we brought a little small tv that we have that we literally bought purely for travel purposes because most of the time like these rooms only have like one tv and we like to play co-op games, so we brought our travel TV, we brought our Xboxes, and we just holed up and drank whiskey, baked cookies, and played Tiny Tina quite a bit. That's and, so
0: cute. I love that. Oh,
2: <laughs> it was, it was literally therapeutic. It was so nice, and I mean, especially, I mean, Andrew knows when you when you have a baby that wants nothing but you. They say to the hell's dad, I just want mom right now. I'm in that phase of my life. It's exhausting. <laughs> so to be able to get away and spend some time with your partner is just so nice. So lovely. Anyway, um, yeah, we had a fantastic time. And this was just the perfect kind of game, I think, for us to play because it's so upbeat and lighthearted and fucking hilarious. And I think that's the thing, the the Borderlands formula, it feels more or less the same, right, throughout all three of the iterations. And I'm sure if you're a super fan, you can like go through and like nitpick all the differences. But for me as a casual fan of the Borderlands franchise, it just, they've always kind of felt more or less the same, which is why I really burned out early with Borderlands 3. And then with Tiny Tina's um, uh, The Dragon Keep, the the one-shot adventure, we played that for the first time maybe like a month or so ago. Absolutely loved it. Thought it was so funny and hilarious, and it got us really excited for Wonderlands. And so what Wonderlands has going for it, I think more than anything, is just the writing is so fucking clever. I just – I feel like I can't stop laughing when I'm playing this. Like the people who wrote this are just brilliant, and I am just so – like thrilled with like how how this game makes me feel it just makes me feel so there's paladin mike look at paladin mike oh my god paladin
3: mike is such oh a my great god, character i know
2: and just the funny things that happen it's such a self-aware game and i don't know i just it's just a really great palate cleanser right now and um, it's really scratching an itch it's so fun
1: i couldn't agree more i think this game is so self-aware in a way that is refreshing they're not pulling any punches they are just like we're recognizing that we're tropey in the Mm -hmm. best ways that these are video game mechanics that you know and love we're not trying to be innovative we're just trying to be unbridled fun and i think so few games really allow you to have that kind of sense of satisfaction when you play And what I really love about Tiny Teeners Wonderland, and I do want to give a thank you to 2K and Gearbox for providing us with codes for the game and for sending Brittany and I both these really fun special press kits. Um, And as I mentioned, I got to do the really fun video with the kind of funny team, so like, all of the disclosures out of the way. Y'all know that I'm a giant Borderlands fan. There's been claptraps on the What's Good Game set since we've existed, um, back even back in the San Francisco days. And so I was really excited about this game because I love Tiny Tina as a character. And I think that Bunkers and Badasses was, was this really interesting, tiny little part of the Borderlands universe that they expanded. And I think that aesthetic actually works so much better. I was really like disappointed that borderlands three didn't grab me the way that i wanted Mm -hmm. it to like i didn't spend as much time with that game as i thought i was going to and i couldn't quite put my finger on why and i think the writing was a really big part of it and um i was really happy that this game as you said Brittany, is just funny moment to moment everything is great the narrative is there and on top of that, you have this fantastic voice cast. You've got Wanda Sykes, Andy Samberg, you know, Will Arnett, and, you know, of course, Ashley Burch is back as Tiny Tina. I do think there could be more Tiny Tina in this game, um, but I love that you have so many different voices you can choose from for your character. And there's so much choice here and player choice just really at the forefront. You know, we talk about Paladin Mike. I love how gender bending of a character Mm -hmm. Paladin Mike is. You don't really get to see a lot of that in video games. This idea of actual, like legitimately non-binary characters um, and the ability to really create a character that feels representative of who you are as either freakishly fantasy as you want to make it i personally gave my character purple skin (laughs) you know that's up to you what you want to do or not um and i love that they just give you so much choice and it all makes sense because it's all fantasy role playing and that i think was what really works about tiny tina's wonderlands is that it really is truly just all made up and nothing has to make sense but they have this archetype of roles within it so it doesn't feel like utter chaos, right? Like there still needs to be like some confines confines of the world, which is I think is you'll see the, borderline, the Borderlands kind of uh, DNA throughout this game. And I think that's kind of the thread that ties it all together. You'll get to see some fun characters from the Borderlands universe. And I just really love that this game allows me to disconnect and just like have yeah. a good time. I know I'm going to pull this game up and I'm just going to pew pew shit and it's not going to matter. I'm going to have some bananas guns. I'm going to throw some stupid spells and I'm just going to have fun. And I've just been really loving that about Tiny Tina. It
2: feels like you're playing with friends even when you're not. And I, because you're right, the writing and how self-aware it is. I feel like everything you're doing, there's usually someone commenting about it. If it's not Tiny Tina herself, it's like your, I guess, mentors if you want to call them or whatever their actual titles are in the game. Your part, your your companions, your party, your party mates. Party yeah, mates. there we go. Um, yeah, it just feels like you're playing something with friends. And our our D anD D experience, you know, we played at PAX every year. Um, uh, it, it reminds me so much of that because it is that moment of you know we were noobs, we still are noobs. Let's not like kid ourselves
1: <laughs> about <laughs> what I'm like yelling at you about. You can't use that spell right no, now. No, I'm Brittany. Like, let me.
2: It's so, like. <laughs> Yeah, like, I would do the stupidest shit. Like, I put a blob of gelatinous, like, gunk in my back pocket, but it was acidic, so it burned my back pocket. And then I just was an orc with an ass cheek hanging out the entire <laughs> campaign. Like, but that's the kind of stupid shit I love to do in this game. And I feel like what's so fun about it in D&D, rather, and what I love about this game is I feel like the people you're air quotes playing with are trying to pull that same shit. And sometimes Tina's like you know what? That sounds pretty fucking cool. I'm going to make it happen. And then the entire game in front of you just changes and she makes that idea come to fruition. And so I don't know, it's just really scratching that itch in a way I didn't think it would, but God, it's just such a, like, I just love it. I'm having so much fun, way more fun than I've had with Borderlands in a long time. And I think the setting, the change of scenery really helps. I think how self-aware it is. And again, just like the moment to moment dialogue is just so fucking funny. (sighs)
1: Yeah, it's funny. And Ila, you had a D and D show once upon yeah, a time. Ooh. I did.
0: <laughs> uh, we've been playing D and D. We had been playing D and D even at game trailers, and then here we played a lot of it. I uh, and then we were doing Fiasco. My my tabletop. Uh, I think my cooldown is still running uh, on tabletop right now, but I want to get back into it eventually. Like friends of mine, good friends of mine, were like, "Come play D and D with us," and I was like. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like I'm actually good. And it's funny. Thanks. I mean,
0: hearing you guys talk about this one, it's like I don't know cuz historically, you know, like kind of like what we were talking about before, Borderlands just hasn't been for me. Like I don't know if it's not my style of gameplay or not my sense of humor. And like I'm friends with Ash, so I always want to give it like, you know, a good mm-hmm. like I I support it, you know, but it's like
3: Yeah. The old right it's never been for yeah. me and
0: i think maybe it's because i've always played them alone maybe if uh-huh. i was playing it
1: oh with... no it's like right playing Destiny that's what i'm alone. saying is like
0: i played it wrong so maybe i just gave it an unfair shake so i need to do that also brit yes. your story about the two tvs uh is so cute and my girlfriend and i have a similar thing in our living room where i i have a tv this way for playing Elden Ring, and she has a TV this way for playing Pokemon. So we're like across. <laughs> we like cross each other's like pattern of view or whatever. It's I feel like
2: fun. Andrea and John have a very similar setup as well. We have the perpendicular.
0: Yeah, television that's what as we well. do.
1: I know a lot of a lot of couples will go yeah. side by side, and I, I was like, no, the perpendicular. Omar and is,
0: I had it. My old, my roommate go. Omar. Technically, I still live at Omar's house, but I haven't slept there since <laughs> October. But uh, I took my TV out of there. We had them parallel, um, mm. so that's maybe more of like a friends thing. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, sorry.
1: Yeah, it's true. It, no, no, no. It's. I think like you touched on why I think this game is important. I want to like make sure people listening and watching know you do not need to have any knowledge of Dungeons oh, and yeah. Dragons to appreciate and have fun with this game. My and Brittany's knowledge of D&D playing is very oh, yeah. limited. <laughs> um, shout out to Lucy, Jen and the rest of our D&D crew. Um, definitely want to do another chapter, but you will have fun with this game if you enjoy first-person shooters, first and foremost. Gearbox is excellent at making a FPS game, but also if you just want something whimsical that you don't have to overthink... That you can just lose yourself in. And the humor really is is excellent. The writing is fun. The voice performances are great. And it's just silly. I mean, I did a side quest where I had to help a farmer attract a goblin to a garden so that she could get the other farmer to fall in love with her by killing the goblin in her garden. And I was like, wait a minute, what? And... It's just as ridiculous as it sounds. And then the farmer ended up falling in (laughs) with the goblin and not the other farmer. And like these kinds of side quests are just like really fun. And they just let you disconnect. And the escapism of it is really, I think, what I was looking for. And and just having a really, really fun time. So if you guys were thinking about checking it out, yeah, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands is out. And it's cross-platform on all platforms, which is awesome. So if you have friends that are playing on PC or Xbox or PC, you can, you know, or, um, you know, PlayStation, you can all take play notes, together, Elden which Ring, is, which is wonderful.
2: Ugh. Yeah.
3: Elden,
1: Elden
2: Ring. Ring. Get trash. your shit together. <laughs> <laughs> you trash video game. You trash.
0: Ca- I wish I had cross save because then like
2: cross
1: progression. Yeah, oh, my God. If right. I
0: could like oh. jump from my PS5 to the Steam Deck or something like, uh that would be bonkers. Anyway, I should stop buying games. People consoles. would buy
1: the game again. <laughs> stop, you know,
0: i, I bought it twice <laughs> and make
1: people buy the game three times. Boom. Yeah. That's a business model. Destiny did it.
0: I own destiny on two different things, too. <laughs>
1: um, So I want to ask you before we get to Brittany swooning over mm. Lost Judgment, Um, I want to ask you about Darkened Sky. Oh, God. Sky.
0: Yeah, so... This
1: so is what, old, right? What is this game? So you were playing okay, it on yeah. Easy so X. we
0: had... At Easy Allies, we had a, our... our um, The last couple of years, our ad- anniversary stream has been called Easy X. It's called that... I don't know if people know this. It's called that because we were going to do... Oh, no, people know this. We were going to do an in-person con called Easy because we had been doing live events every anniversary. The first couple were concerts, and then the next one was Mysterious Monsters, our game show live. Um... But then COVID happened, so we changed it to just a week-long kind of, like, hangout, bunch of marathon streams, you know, 12 hours a day or whatever. Um, and we ended with – so we have a show called Trash Babies where we play a game that gets a 60 or less on Metacritic and then decide if we want to trash it or treasure it.
3: Amazing. And,
0: uh, Bloodworth brought this game in called Darkened Sky, which okay, – To Google. Which is –
2: Oh, I'm pulling out. Oh up a trailer, my no god. Mind.
0: This game I it's so bad. And it's it's the voice acting is horrible. The writing is so cringy. And I hate the word cringy. And and the graphics and everything about it is awful. And I just love it to pieces. Oh good. And then Those are the best. And then all of that, like, if you're looking at the footage now and not listening, it, it looks like just garbage right like just weird like freaky uncanny valley you know and then you realize that she's got like this artifact and it looks kind of familiar and you're like why does that little orange dot look so familiar and then you see a close-up of it and it's like okay there's an s on it what is this and then you realize it's a skittles game it's what? a it's a 16-hour long dark fantasy dark comedy skittles game. Like, like, the, candy like the candy skittles. skittles. Yeah. yeah, this is real. And wow. it's Wow. Okay. It, I don't know. Bloodworth's theory, one of the other one of the guys here, his theory is that someone had a game 80% done and then ran out of money and they went, "Hey, skittles, can we just cram you into the lore of this. Uh, Cause like besides the magic powers being powered by Skittles and like color <laughs> color being quote unquote outlawed, even though it's not like a colorless game, uh, Skittles have nothing to do with anything. They're like this ancient artifacts that like are rumored to be <laughs> like, everyone thinks they're just a myth. Also, I learned from this game, very upsetting knowledge, that Skittles is both plural and singular. So they will say like, like when she finds the, the, the like wizened Moose. old woman in the beginning of the game, she's like, oh, you have a Skittles. And I was just like, oh, "A no. Skittles? What? Uh, it's very weird, but um, it's one of those games, and there's an amazing speed run that AGDQ did um, of it. I recommend you seeking that out, or you can watch our uh, run, which so far has been six hours. Um, we we did a thing where donations increased the length of time uh, that we would have oh. to play it. <laughs> And I should have done the math differently because we hit five hours mm. it was a hundred dollars for fifteen minutes and we hit five hours in like twenty seconds. And I was like
1: <laughs> That's great though. I mean you got it was a lot of magnificent. Donations. But like <laughs> This is You're incredible. Like, we, should we should have made this it worse. more so expensive. So then we later
0: <laughs> made the decision that'll probably we will come to Rue, but uh that we would Continue adding time on a different day. So right now we have eight more hours worth of Darkened Sky to play. We're just going to beat it, I think. We're just going to do the whole thing. But it's marvelous.
2: This is incredible. (laughs) I'm looking at a screenshot, and it's your skill upgrade tree. Yeah. And you literally use Skittles to upgrade your shit.
0: Yeah, and you don't have enough, at least so far. We don't have enough to have all the powers at the same time. We only have enough to have, like, two or three (laughs) at at a time. And so... Anytime you have to switch powers, which is kind of frequent, you have to go to this chunky menu and, like, navigate over and, like, unequip the Skittles and then re-equip them somewhere else and then go back into the – it's just – everything about hilarious. the game is horrible. It's beautiful.
2: <laughs> is the best surprise I've gotten in a long time. It's a Skittles I game. <laughs> was not – now
1: Brittany's going to go find out where she on can Ga- play yeah, this game. Yeah, I
2: see. It's on GameCube. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. I am, I'm I'm going to check my large plethora of games that I own and see if I actually bought this at a garage sale at some point in my yeah, life. Yeah, Bloodworth because... brought in,
0: like, I think we were playing it on a Wii, but, yeah. Also, like, because of the stream, like, good. I had bought us a bunch of Skittles, so now I'm back <laughs> on the Skittles train. I ha- I've been good. I hadn't mm. had Skittles in, like, a year or two. I used to eat Skittles so much I would get hot face, you know? <laughs> but like
3: Wait, what is that know, mean? You know if you eat
0: like 3 pounds of Skittles uh in a sitting and then you get so much sugar that your face gets really hot? Oh, wow.
2: That's a lot of <laughs> Skittles. Wait, I've literally never heard so you of probably this never before. ate 3 pounds of Skittles before either at a time. I'm Yeah,
0: sh-
1: maximum sugar consumption hasn't been a thing yeah. in my life, but I'm I'm interested to hear about hot phase from <laughs> overdose. I wouldn't sure recommend
0: girl. it. It's not great and the come down is real bad. Um I bet
2: I bet this is incredible. <laughs> this is the most incredible video game I've ever heard about It's in
0: my truly life. it's it's one of those games though that's I like I can't
2: stop I can't stop reading about it. Yeah,
0: it's really cozy too like in how just god awful it is. Yeah. And yeah, like absolutely. the level design is insane. We had to get Bloodworth was straight up There were seven of us on the couches, screaming at this game, trying to jump up this dumb, like parkour tower thing while being shot at by like 30 guys. The game design is horrible. And like, he's like literally looking at the game facts, like trying to walk us through where we're supposed to go. And he's like, go up three cracks in the wall, go out, look down and to the right. And there's a door, and it's just like, how do you, how would someone do this like figure out these prosaic, bizarre room oh, designs? Man. It's insane,
1: brilliant. I'm trying to find in your stream when you were playing it also this dress that you're wearing on stream is like really oh cute. thanks,
0: the beige one um, or but all
1: but all I see is all I see is Mario oh that's day Kart.
0: one of <laughs> nope, I don't wanna update windows that would be day one of e z x so five days four days later, it's on our YouTube also, but um. You don't have to pull it up. That's okay. But check out Easy Allies.
1: No, but I thought it'd be. I thought oh, it would, it would be, be funny. But I mean, it's this is. I mean, it, it's such a <laughs> random. It's such a random. Oh, I think I, found game.
2: It. I just messaged it to you. If you can pull it in a Discord. Oh my God! Though, this is this is literally the best surprise ever. I was not expecting this. You're gonna um, love it. I love these kinds of bullshit games. Yeah. That just turn out to be so so bad. You can't stop playing because they're good. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Thank
0: you. Thank you for
2: introducing me to this.
1: Yeah, so this is you guys playing
0: this game, right? (laughs) And so, yeah, this is Huber, like, jumping around. And, like, the jumping platforming is so bad. It's She's so floaty, and you can control her in the air, which sometimes is to your benefit, and sometimes you overcorrect and just, like, fly off. I put on our um, TikTok and Instagram the other day a part where – Huber, the guy who's playing right now on the right, like Huber. he literally says, "I'm telling you right now it's right when he started his first turn. we all took fifteen minute turns in a rotation for this game um is right when he started his turn and he was like, I could tell you right now I'm not gonna be good at this and then immediately walked into the water <laughs> like with perfect timing <laughs> nice because you because the the collision detection on hills is so bad that. She won't jump <laughs> if she's on a slant. Oh, this oh game is amazing! God. Oh I my love gosh, it. No. I, love it.
2: <laughs> I love it too. I just love this. Thank you. Yeah,
0: please play Dark and Sky, it's it's utter garbage and it's perfect.
1: <laughs> <laughs> spend your time playing a piece, it's of wonderful. Trash.
0: I mean, it's that or Elden Ring, you know, but it's it'll trashy. will make you
1: laugh, and like sometimes that's yeah. all you need, right? Oh, oh my goodness! Okay, uh, we have some questions to get to for I Love but uh, Brittany, do you want to talk about the Kato files? Do you want to save it for Kato next files,
2: week, Andrea Renee? Um, <coughs> Kato, my dad, my no, God. I'll save it for next week. It's just what what it is, ladies and gentlemen. Is just the um deals latest DLC for Lost Judgment, where you play as Kaito San, and that's that's that. I'm only like an hour and a half in, but so far, I love it so much. Kaito is a big dumb dumb human and I love him because he's just a big all brawn no brain or so you are led to think but what I really do like about this DLC is that it really introduces a different side of him to you and I think that's really important because he is such an integral part of the judgment series but I will be back next week to report on it because oh no I have to play it so much more between now and then oh no what was me oh no uh, the terrible existence i live oh mm-hmm.
1: sad for brittany yeah. um i of course am always looking forward to hearing more about your you know your uh japanese <laughs> husbandos so, many. so just so, so many. many of them can't keep track uh-huh. of all you of them neither binies. can i you, you always tweet gifts of them to me, and I'm like, which one is this again? <laughs> I don't remember.
2: <laughs> I love so,
1: so many that. of them. Um, okay, so I we have a, a couple questions that we have cherry-picked from our community. This isn't really a question, but we love one, Brandon Kagan,
3: here oh, so at What's Good. Know. So Aww.
1: Brandon writes, for I left hi miss hink here to preach the good word that is mysterious monsters reaction shots and other easy
2: allies goodness you (laughs) just did is that a trash babies so thank you
0: yes yeah (laughs) thanks brandon mysterious monsters is our game show it's like a trivia show with rpg elements you beat monsters by getting questions right um reaction shots is our movie podcast and yeah, Trash Babies. I talked about. We have all kinds of. We have two. As we covered it in in the A section, we have too many things going on.
2: <laughs> you have twenty
1: five so thousand
2: shows show, that you do. Is at there a particular LA. show that you like? Have the most fun
0: with? Uh, prop. Well, Trash Babies is a lot of fun and it's easier to do. But Mysterious Monsters is probably the most like rewarding show because it's. I every time it's it's one of our shows where and this happens sometimes you know but like. I'll I'll get to the end, or like I'll be watching Mysterious Monsters while it's up, and I'm just like very proud of of it. I'm just like man, this is like pretty good, like legit, you know. And I'm not I'm not like someone who hates on her own work or someone who like thinks you know I'm hot shit or anything. But like Mm. Mysterious Monsters is all right. Check it out.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I want to take a moment to. toot your horn for a second for people who aren't familiar with your and I's history and how we use there's to work a there's together. a drawing
0: of you right yeah, outside this a, door by the way
1: wait that well, spaceship one art. we have right? that framed
0: it's right out that's amazing
1: I, I had it in my studio for a long time but then I replaced it with, with some, what's that makes fan sense arts, so don't be mad um but so Isla and I used to work together and I was a senior producer and I don't remember what editor? your title was when I was at, at Lead Defy, editor at Defy. The, whatever it was, was, yeah. was probably not big enough for the amount of work that you were doing and the amount of talent that you have. And just like such an incredible person to work with as somebody who worked with so many different post-production people in my life. I was like, dang, like this bitch knows what's up and like I I always knew that when I brought a package to Isla's desk is like it got done you never had to like check in (laughs) on her you never had to like sit down pull up a chair next to the edit bay and be like okay let's go through all of the choices you made when you sent work for isla to do like it just sh- it just got done and it got done quickly and it got done well, immaculately <laughs> like you are just so talented i just want to like let you know that i don't think i've ever told you this Aww. to your face but like and i know technically we're not like to each other's faces <laughs> but i have mad thank respect you for so the work much. You do. Oh.
0: Oh. I, I, it's embarrassing i don't know you are definitely
1: no, it's not embarrassing. Oh, You're just really you. great. And like, I think it's uh, from from just oh. from a personal, professional curiosity, uh, I'm like, well, what is what is she doing now? Like, obviously, being co-head of something as big as Easy Allies is a lot of responsibility. Like, do you still, like, take joy in just editing pieces? Or do you find more joy now in being more of, like, a creative strategist? Like, what are the parts of the job that you get really excited yeah, about it's, now? Yeah,
0: um, also yeah thank you so much you are also definitely one of the like producers are pretty annoying and you never were so that's good
3: (laughs) (laughs) thank you i'll take it (laughs)
0: no 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 you were great i miss working with you you're welcome anytime come by be on mysterious monsters if you want oh i'd love to although some people don't like being on trivia shows which totally makes sense to me um yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was on MinMax's t- uh Trivia Tower and I was like, I don't know why I didn't or oh, I, I got, got destroyed. crushed. I was like, I don't know I why crushed. I didn't think this would be all video game trivia, but it's stupid that I didn't think that. Cuz I was like, I should have sent Dummy or Bloodworth to this damn thing cuz I know a lot about not video games. <laughs> anyway, um editing is um, cuz I've been doing it for so long um, I think I come close to what, what Taoists would call like Wu Wei, where it's like non-action action. Like I don't have to think about doing it. It just kind of happens. I think about like the decisions and the art going into it. But like, so I find it really relaxing most of the time unless the environment I'm editing in is really hot or dry or something, then it sucks because I don't want to be looking at a computer screen. But um, so I love editing. It's It's really something that I feel... Uh, because I learned it so long ago and I've been doing it for so long it's it's like effortless for me and I just get to enjoy the act of creation and seeing my creations coalesce you know um, mm-hmm. m- creative strategy uh, for a company like Easy Allies is pretty terrifying and um, I'm enjoying it I'm revitalized like Blood and I were we had a meeting uh, two or three months ago Uh, so we actually had taken over from Brandon, uh, and were doing stuff for a couple of weeks and then Brandon's son, uh, was having some health problems. He's doing, doing well now, thankfully, but, um, it was weird timing because like we had already made that shift and then Brandon had to take a bunch of time off to be with his son, you know, which, Mm. um, obviously fortunate isn't the right word, but the timing was, at least we got to do that before serendipitous. Serendipitous yeah. maybe and is the word. So it kind of was interesting because what was going to be a more gradual kind of trade-off became like, okay, Blood, you're moderating the podcast now. You guys are in charge of everything and stuff. So like it was a baptism by fire. But um, leading into that, I noticed my own passion for the job was reignited and like I redesigned the logo in that time and like started talking about getting a community manager and like doing all these things and like trying to get a bunch of stuff done and like I'm someone who kind of like I need to get things done before I can let myself relax which is a good quality in an editor but not a great quality in like life (laughs) um maybe all the time like yeah 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 yeah, no, it's
1: it's hard to relax when you right, always have Right, like my to-do to do. list
0: never goes away, <laughs> and I mean that's always been the case, but like now my to-do list is actual things uh like I have to call a movie theater to rent a theater for S- Sonic the Hedgehog. I have to have our ceiling fixed. I have to, you know, like all these things. And it's like if it weren't for lists.
1: The administration Yeah, if it shit, weren't for lists right? I'd be
0: going mm-hmm. bonkers, but mm-hmm. it's exciting too. So, yeah, I love it. I'm I'm that's, feeling energized. That's awesome. Yeah.
2: It's so great <laughs> when something happens and it revitalizes your mojo, your yeah. passion, your fire. Yeah, I think you know we talk about burnout quite a bit and it's hard when I'm not trying to thrust myself into this conversation when Please you do. know you want <laughs> when you want to be doing more because you kind of still have like that entrepreneurial sp- spark that's in there and it's like I want to go go but you just don't have the capacity to do it. It's really hard. So Yeah. Getting, I'm getting like such a vicarious thrill from you right now. I'm like, oh yeah, like tell, tell me more about your fire. Like, let's go, baby.
0: <laughs> well, I, 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 like, and it, what you said is true. Like, I try to find time for my own projects too because, like, I went to film school. Film has been my passion. Gaming, I got into accidentally, but I, I've always been a gamer, so I love it. And so, like, I have a writing partner, and we're writing feature film stuff. And then, like. Ooh. I'm building a music recording studio in LA here, which has been interesting. Like, I'm learning to do like building a room and like drywall and soundproofing and stuff. And it's.
1: Wow. Oh, is this where the photos came of you with the nail gun and the roller skates? Those were
2: amazing, by the
1: way. Oh, thank you.
0: Well, it was kind of, I did it as a joke because I was like. (sighs) As I was putting a nail gun in the back of my SUV and I had to move my roller skates out of the way, I was just like, my God, I, like, I'm like i not trying to be such a stereotypical lesbian, but it's just like, it just keeps happening. Like it's, some of these stereotypes are there for a reason because it's just like, this is just my reality. So I was like, okay, let's just do, let's lean in. And do the gayest photo shoot we can possibly yes. do. Yes,
2: oh, it was a good, good, some good pictures you got.
1: Thanks, Dang, Those... that's a
2: fun combo.
1: Yeah, if you're not following Isla on, on Twitter, you can go check out her photos in the roller skate with the nail gun. And I had, I had responded that I was like, this feels it, yeah. very dangerous as somebody who's been roller skating <laughs> since I was three. Um, that's very thank good. Thank you very much. Uh, my parents teach met me Tom some roller stuff. Skates. I've only been doing it um, since
0: quarantine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, well, the real trick is learning how stop. to yeah. stop without the, the toe. You don't you use do the, the toe sl- sl- stop, right? Like that's thing. a good, that's a, yeah, exactly. <laughs> see, see, you got it already. Yeah. Cause like toe pick works if you're in ice skating. It doesn't feel like work you if go you're go roller skating. Yeah. You tried that. Yeah. That's like a soft break that you use, you know, very occasionally. It's not how you, yeah. how you really stop, but no, my parents met because they used to do um, s- dancing on oh. skates. Oh, wow. Um, and then I, so I started roller skating at a very young age, but then, you know, my parents got divorced when I was one. And I've told the, the story on the show of, uh, you know, how I, I have two moms now. Um, but it's funny how you talk about like <laughs> stereotypical lesbian stuff. And I was like, oh yeah, no, I lived on softball f- fields. Wait, <laughs> right, yeah. your mom
0: married so, a woman? You Is you that know. what you mean? I didn't know that? Yes. That's great. Yes. Yeah.
1: No, my mom came out to me when I, I was 8. I love that. So, oh my
0: god, how um, did I never know this? I don't know. We I didn't think talk we never talked
1: <laughs> I think we never talked about it. Honestly, I think you and I were you and I were both so yeah. focused on work that we very rarely had the opportunity to socialize like, yeah. outside of work. Um and I think that that is a travesty. <laughs> In hindsight, and hopefully, we can we'll socialize there, yeah. more now that the pandemic is hopefully coming.
0: We're, We're coming mid pandemic, pre post COVID,
1: yes, yeah. exactly what you said.
0: <laughs> We're just you
1: know, COVID all
0: around um, all the time. I did not know that, that's um, fantastic.
1: But yeah, no, I talk about my mom's on the show all the time, and thankfully, a lot of people who've come to our fame events have gotten to, to meet They're them. The um, they came to our fan event at PAX West taking my moms to PAX West was a thing like showing them like a video game convention that for the sounds first like time so much fun. be like this is what I do I think they I were a little overwhelmed but also they like are, they very were excited the biggest
2: troopers though they were just especially Joe. I feel like she was so excited about everything and she was trying her damnedest to understand and I just I know. understand oh I miss <laughs> them so much
1: <laughs> they're great um they miss you too, Britt. You should just come. Everybody come to, to LA. We'll throw a big party. It'll be, it'll be wonderful. Uh, but we're yes. talking about- We don't have right, to. So, <laughs>
3: uh,
1: we have a question here. No, it's funny that you bring up, we talk about conventions. You also brought, brought up MinMax. So oh. MinMax did write in. Um, and says does she miss doing video tours of conventions I just watched the e3 2015 tour and oh, it was yeah. so much fun
0: well that would be a pre easy allies post elise one I think um yes I do i my my cooldown is is done for conventions I'm ready to go back to conventions i I I spoke at a panel on Friday uh Podcast movement evolutions or something. I, I was asked by someone at Roost to come and talk on a panel and it was really, really weird to be at a panel or a con again that wasn't a gaming con. Cause cons for stuff that isn't like obviously I do I do podcasts as a job, but like it, it it's always interesting to, to wind up at a convention that's something kind of like not directly in your passion or wheelhouse. Because you're always looking around and you're just like you feel like you're in a different universe. You're like, Oh yeah, everyone's at a convention for this thing yeah. that I'm only tangentially into, you know? And it's like, ooh.
1: <laughs> but you have so much technical production knowledge. Like I think that you are absolutely deserving an in, in expertise in podcasts. I think you just don't think of your fandom. Well, I mean it podcast, was funny because right? at the
0: beginning of this when you were like, rate give us a good rating, I was like I was like writing that down. I'm like, we should do that. We should say that. <laughs> we don't do we don't do that's why we need a community badger, because we don't we're just like dumb and lucky. Like we <laughs> we don't do this job right. No, we don't that's do this job right at, at all. all, Like no. we're good at it, whatever, kinda, of, oh, but God. like we're bad at it too, because we don't like ever shill or Promote or, do, but yes, I want E3 back. I want to go to PAX. I'm, mm. I'm always been a, I've always been a germaphobe. Um, like, cause my dad was a doctor. And so like, I just kind of like was always around hand sanitizer. <laughs> and so like, even pre-COVID, <laughs> yeah. I didn't like to like touch things or be touched by people <laughs> that I didn't know, you know. um, uh-huh. Yeah. So. Post-COVID conventions sound awful, terrifying to me, but I miss them. I miss parties. Yeah. I want to go dancing. (sighs) I want to go to that party at GDC.
2: Dancing.
1: But, like, everyone at
0: GDC got COVID, so I don't know what the hell's going on.
1: I mean, and I got COVID at Dice, so. And I think I think PAX is going to be, it's going to be, there's going to be an outbreak at PAX, too. I mean, it's going to happen. And it's
0: like, I'm so scared of that. And it's like, I guess pro- like I've got, I'm so vaxxed. It's like not even funny, but like, <laughs> I don't know. I have asthma. So maybe it would be bad. I don't know. I don't know. You'll be, you'll be okay. As somebody who
1: was double vaxxed and boosted and also has asthma and got COVID and survived. Did you
0: lose your sense of smell though? It's That's, possible. I'm like a super sensor. So I Sense of it.
1: smell. No, I lost. I partially lost my sense of taste for like a week or so, where I would eat things. I remember getting tom yum soup because mm. it's one of my favorite things to get when I have yeah. a cold, which is this mm-hmm. delicious Thai soup. If you've never had tom yum soup, at anyone it's like like pungent and lemongrass. That's and good stuff. It's delicious. Um, and so I was like, I need something like to rock my senses, and I could just Ow. barely taste it. Scary. And I was like, no. but it came back everything came back so but that's the beauty of vaccines right and and the booster shot is that you know you have milder symptoms you're not as sick and your ability to recover is is much better so um hopefully you know people are you know doing their best to take care of themselves but you know i think as we start to try to get life back to normal and reach herd immunity getting sick is just probably in the cards for a lot of people and it's tough because like there's a lot of people yeah. who are really susceptible yeah. to it I don't want to get like a COVID <laughs> tirade it's just you know it's it's frustrating when people don't take it as seriously two years into the pandemic and we're like oh it's over and it's like yo there's still like a thousand people a day right. who are dying of COVID like COVID is still mm-hmm. very serious and then, like I
0: still wear a mask so and it's, it's like it's weird hard. to me to not see people with masks on and it's like fine do what you want to do but like you know that kind of stuff. It's like, okay, well, you're risking other people, and I know the mandates are done, so it's like, okay, whatever. But also, like selfishly, um, I've heard that people are kinder with assuming how pretty you are if you have a mask on. So, oh. so oh. part of me is just like, I, I joke that I wear a mask to hide my mask, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: get it. <laughs> but. Well, I've always like I, it saves me, right? Like, the oh lip yeah, color. Okay, wear, it was glorious. I got lip, lip injections anywhere. a
2: couple weeks ago, and I looked like I got punched in the face by the Hulk. But guess what? That mask saved my right. ass. It was great. Like no one going... had to know.
1: Oh, I mean, you you meant right after you got your
0: injections? Because I was like, I don't know. Oh, you thank you. Yeah, but me, yeah, then. right
2: after. Oh, it was bad. I couldn't bear like move my mouth, and I was like, oh, well, guess what? This isn't a problem anymore. Yeah, oh, it was the mask.
0: Like the mask, when I go right? to get laser, I can't wear makeup, obviously. So I just put on your yeah. mask no problem
2: see listen it's now great. we all have a convenient excuse i don't care if it's 10 years down the road it's i'm like still yeah a mask.
0: i'll always have a mask with me probably
2: yeah why not <laughs> it's great
1: um okay so last question from snivy link love isla i know it's early but game of the year so far it's definitely too early we never really though? have game of the year so far conversations it until though? july oh
2: see Yes, it's March, Isla. It's still yeah. March. Isla's probably Q1. in that group where she's going to say Elden Ring.
0: Yeah. Sound. Here's yeah. the deal. I'm one of those people, and I know you disagree, but I'm one of those people, and like Breath of the Wild 2 got delayed out of this year. So it's like, besides God of War Ragnarok, if that hits, like. Starfield. <laughs>
2: Uh, see, okay, here, okay, now we're Bethesda going
0: to... Bethesda, oh, dude. Okay,
2: okay, I
1: Here's the Tell deal. How you really Here's the feel. deal.
0: Starfield will probably be fucking incredible four months after it comes out. I have zero faith in that game coming out and being, like, ready to be out, right away.
2: Right, and that was going to be my point too. Ooh, is when okay, we do game okay. of the year discussions, it's usually based off of from a technical perspective, how well does it run, blah blah blah, blah on top of like how fun it is and blah blah. Yeah. I just can't see a huge-ass Bethesda game coming out and not having any technical issues right out the gate. So I think, like Ila is saying, Starfield could be a game of the year put- with potential, but it's just it, out the gate,
0: I don't know. I mean, How I, it comes I out hope like we're November? wrong. Yeah. Like, I hope it's incredible. Like, yeah, yeah.
1: I just... Yeah, I wholeheartedly disagree. Like, because Elder Scrolls was game of the year, and it was only out for like a month and a half or two months I'm just months going for my my criteria. Like,
2: like a like right, like when it comes to from a critical perspective or a personal perspective. Like, I, I can't. Anyway, we're going down a rabbit. Well, world, and it's it's, it's funny
0: because it's a similar, like, ironically, it's a similar <laughs> uh, situation because Skyrim came out, I think, right after Dark Souls, and. Dark Souls, as I said earlier, had destroyed all other games for me because then I played Skyrim and I was like, oh, I hate this. Even though I was like a fiend for Morrowind and Oblivion. Like, I played so much of those. I loved them, right? And then I was like, Dark Souls has changed what I want from games. So I'm someone who thinks that FromSoft is like so far in a a way like just – better at making games than everyone else, that it's, like, not even funny. But I acknowledge that that's just because they happen to tick all the boxes that I want ticked, and they don't tick the ones I don't want ticked. Like, I don't want to sit through a big cutscene in a dark fantasy action RPG. I don't want to have to do quick-time events. I don't want to have to do combos. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have to do, you know... I want to get the story through lore and not, like, prosaic dialogue. You know, like, so... These are games made for me, and it's like, that's just how it is.
2: (laughs) No, it's fair, and that's what part of our job, right, is when it comes to voting for Game of the Year, you have your personal preference, and then you have the critical thing where you have to be like, okay, I have to try to set my personal shit aside, and that's why I think Starfield, for me, could be a personal Goatee, but as a critical unless it like nails it out the gate right anyway I bring all this up because I tweeted out earlier as soon as Breath of the Wild 2 got delayed everybody was like oh Elden Ring game of the year and so you know I, I felt like stirring some pots that day
0: I think so if, I t- if God of War Ragnarok I- hits this year which I'm still skeptical but if it does that one's probably got a shot because
2: and that's what I tweeted out yeah was, yeah I think it was a tier it was one of the I can't remember anyway it was a, a Ragnarok gif and then I think I got like oh several hundred responses none of them trash fire surprisingly huh. yeah I was very surprised and mm-hmm. I, yeah I'm just I'm just really surprised that um sounds like majority of people are like oh there's no way Ragnarok will win game of the year there's absolutely no way and I'm like how can you say them?
0: okay I think it'll be I, I think it'll be tricky because like they both do they both do what they're trying to do immaculately well. Like, God of War, like, I I mean, like, (laughs) Andrea, you may recall, like, back at Game Trailers, I would have to cut, like, I I had cut, I don't know if you were there at the time, but I had cut some, like, God of War sex game montages for (laughs) GameTrailers.com, and it was like, or Spike or whoever. And I was just like, to go from that to God of War, uh, You know, twenty sixteen, whatever, twenty eighteen. Time, what is time? Twenty eighteen. Yeah, I know. Um, God of War twenty eighteen. Like, what a glow up, dude! What a mature up, like.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the thing that people forget is that God of War went head to head with Red Dead Redemption Two, which. I mean, which is one of the most technically amazing games that's ever been created. Obviously, Rockstar has an incredible pedigree. I mean, Rockstar is like Naughty Dog in the sense that, like, usually when they go up for Game of the Year, they're not fucking losing. And they did. They lost to Sony Santa Monica for God of War. And... I think that both games are really phenomenal in different ways, but I've said over and over again on the show how I think God of War um,
3: 2018 is a fucking masterpiece of a game. Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: I mean, really and truly, and I think the hopes are high for Ragnarok, and clearly it's not going to have the same punch because they're going to be using a lot of the same formula that was developed in God of War, in God of War Ragnarok, and I think that's okay. I think it's going to be interesting to compare... How the evolution is the way that Horizon Zero Dawn went to Horizon Forbidden West? Because I still think my game of the year, without question, is is Forbidden West. And in a number of ways, I think narratively they just do things that I prefer. I know there's a lot of gameplay elements that people don't like that like Elden Ring. It's instead, and that's I, okay. You know, well, we it's funny. I
0: love that. that. I love how our tastes are like very different. Because like I, they sent us all copies of Horizon. And so I didn't, it was pre patched, like they hadn't made her talk and say the thing about her stash less or whatever. I think I played <laughs> it for 35 minutes and I was like, this isn't for me. This isn't for me. I was like, no, nope, I'm sorry. Like, I can't stop and pick up these weeds and I just can't. <laughs> I just can't do it, man. I'm sorry. I,
1: yeah, which is fine. Meanwhile, you'll pick up all these fucking berries but from now don't. until the end of time, and you're not gonna but make them, them to use for Torrent. You're just gonna you keep them in your inventory.
0: Up, <laughs> 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 we're both wrong. <laughs> Every game is bad. <laughs> yeah, we're
3: bu-
1: all games are bad, and all games yeah, are just yeah. terrible about themselves. No, <laughs> they shouldn't. Uh, I think that's what's great about. When we're in such an amazing time period like now, I think a lot of us who have worked in the industry, yeah, well, well, no, (laughs) I think a lot of what I think we go back to is this is a great time to be a fan of video games, no matter what kind of video game you're a fan of. There's just so much innovation happening across the spectrum which is wonderful. Whether you want like the pew pew fantasy bullshit of tiny Tina's wonderlands where you can just have a great time. or If you want to get lost in the deep dark fantasy of Elden ring, or if you want more of like a handcrafted, like hyper combat experience that horizon forbidden West offers you, you know, or if you want to just like test your vocabulary, yeah. with <laughs> Wirtle, which is, I know another, another thing Wirtle. that you're, you're playing that, you know, we, I I honestly am surprised that Wordle is still going. New York Times made it weird. Wordle they made
0: it weird. Ago. It's weird now. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you're so right though. Like yeah. I, it's so funny to me when people get angry when they don't like a game. I get, I, and I mean, like I think I used to, you know, I I would throw like, oh, this game is trash, like around back back when I was being poisoned by certain hormones, but like, which didn't you know fit for me, but whatever not saying they're bad for anybody else, whatever, whatever. Um, (laughs) but like now I get like, I'm like, yeah, sick. If I don't like a game, I'm like, awesome. That means that this is the perfect game for somebody else. Like that means that somebody else is going to find their, their paradise in DMC or in stranger of, of paradise (laughs) or, you know, whatever. Like like, not everyone wants to play Outer Wilds, right? And, like, to me, I think it's perfect in every way. And I didn't love Outer Worlds, but other people love it. And it's just like, that's the tapestry of life, man. That's great. Why is that? That's not a bad thing. There should be different shit for everybody. That. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I see that. <laughs> just. Breach. I don't know. Anyway, Reach. whatever.
1: Breach hand. <laughs> yeah word. No, you hit yeah. you hit the nail on the head. Like that's what what's good games is all about. This idea of loving games and being passionate about yeah. what you love and hopefully being able to share that passion in a way that's not hostile. And I think that's what I've really wanted from, you know, some of these gameplay experiences that I've made to been made to feel like an outsider before and I appreciate that so much about our community and you know shout out to the people particularly one mm. Molly Bittner who she and i have so many different views on games but i love how she makes such an effort to say let me explain it to you so you maybe understand why i'm passionate because like she and i kind of went head to head in like how much i hated death oh, stranding yeah. and she was like such a fangirl for death stranding and i was like i don't <laughs> get it Molly why do you like this game and she's like let me explain it to you oh, and death then she stranding, did I'm like dude. okay Oh. I, I feel like I get it now. And um she's also been a big proponent for for Elden Ring as well. I got to hang um, out with this you know, lady. I just want to give, you know. Oh, Molly's been you No, know, she's great. She's been part of our community forever and now she works at That's No Moon, um that new studio I'm sure you've heard about, but she's she's wonderful. Also, Molly, let your wife know that I miss her. You guys need to come back over. We need to drink wine. Uh, We're just talking about you. I want to play. Brittany, come. Isla, come. We can all drink wine and talk about how much
0: we weirdly hate each other's Death Stranding is so funny. Also,
1: (laughs) was that a freeze frame? Oh, my
0: God. That's perfect.
2: (laughs) 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 I was making a sad face because I miss Molly. And I don't think I've ever met Molly's wife. But, oh, yeah, I have. Absolutely have lovely woman um but it froze right when i was making my ugly cry face and it was perfect it wasn't ugly
0: <laughs> it was, ugly. It was right. great
2: also we're bragging about molly she's working at nasa let's we'll just talk about
0: that dang that's reds death oh, stranding yeah. real fast is so funny yeah. that that you hated it and she loved it but like death stranding was such an interesting experience because like while i was playing it i wasn't like hating it but i was like man this is not entertaining necessarily like this is kind of not fun but why am I enjoying it kind of and then like I loved Death Stranding I like I like love it more as time goes by like I look back and I'm so happy I played that game but while I was playing it I was like what is Kojima you wily devil like you're just this is just a weird (laughs) game man
2: <laughs> i just think how andrea and i were hammered at her house playing it for the first time that was an experience
1: oh and i was just like shit talking <laughs> it so I know, poor bad. John.
2: obviously sobered he was just like what are you guys doing? i kept tripping over yeah. blade oh, yeah, and no, grass it's... though i was like walking through the playing world that just game for John was <laughs> oh it, it sure was oh, it my was goodness. I'll never forget it and then for- you get the zip forts. lines and it's great uh, I never got that far. Oh really?
0: Oh, oh. it's a weird game because like, there's some of the best performances in a video game maybe I've ever seen, mm. um, from like the goofiest, dumbest characters ever imagined, like this dude who's got a metal face the whole game, oh, that's right. like takes it off later and like cries, and you're just like, this is amazing. Like, what's happening right now? Like, anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spoilers, I guess, mild spoilers.
1: And sadly, most people never get that part to that point yeah. of the game. That's
0: okay, though. <laughs> wah, wah.
1: Well, listen, this has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Isla, thank you so much for taking Anytime. time out of your week to come and chat with Britt and I. Um, and congratulations on everything with Easy Allies. Where can people keep up with you and everything that yeah, the Allies uh, are doing? Easy
0: Allies is Easy Allies on everything at or slash Easy Allies. Um, Easy Allies.com, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok now. I'm trying to figure that out. Um, Yeah, like Easy Allies, check it out. I'm at Isla Hink. I have two hidden letters in my name. I-S-L-A-H-I-N-C-K. Ludicrous Scottish and German names just love secret (laughs) letters. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I don't know. Check it out.
1: No, it's great because my it's interesting because my grandmother's really? name is Isla, but it's a different spelling is because she's oh. Norwegian. No, it's it's I L A H. Okay. Oh. That actually makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's literally yeah. I oh, yeah, yeah. la, whereas I think with with your spelling, I think you oh, probably yeah, get yeah. a lot of people mispronouncing it right yeah. as like Isla
0: it's derived from the island in scotland which is where like some really good whiskey like LeFroig comes from or scotch i mean but um i they say i s yeah Brittany's if like, you buy a on. bottle of LeFroig <laughs> uh i'm probably saying that wrong i don't know but uh you get no you're uh, saying it right one square foot patch of the island of isla you like own it so i like own a foot of isla and, you know, That's six incredible. feet of Isla. <laughs> but, like, I'm Andrea, not you
2: and there. I are about to buy this entire bitch. You do you understand? Do
0: it. <laughs> do it.
2: I'm not even joking.
0: <laughs> do it. Drink <laughs> me. Um, Tell me, I to
2: do, like, one of my favorite things in life, which is consume alcohol and, like, become a landowner at the same time.
0: Yes. Um, I was going go yeah, to go to Scotland before deal. COVID and then COVID. But, yeah. I-S-L-E-Y, I think is how they spell it. So it's, like, Islay. I-S-L-A-Y, I think. Makes no sense. Yeah.
1: Language is a all weird words are made up as thing.
0: Thor, or whoever says in Endgame.
1: It's true. You think about the word spoon too hard, and it won't make sense mm-hmm. to you. Now I'm
0: doing it. Spoon I'm like spoon.
1: Who? Why? Who? It's kind of a stupid word. word. <laughs> why do we it say is. it? Spoon. It's super stupid. It's dumb. Thick. Now think about that, ladies and gentlemen, as you go about your day uh isla thank you again My for pleasure. being on the show and thank you to everybody for hanging with us through our conversation we haven't had sorry. a of like this in a while uh we appreciate oh, everybody no don't be sorry <laughs> at all it's been wonderful uh we look forward to seeing y'all next week but until then have a great weekend bye everybody